absolute best. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello win column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. It's McGrath for the win. He got it. If you don't like college football, and you watch this one. I'm not sure what your problem is. Read it, did to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, May 4th. It's a good time to be a Vol. Big weekend heading down to Athens. We're going to talk some baseball. Also, I mean, I know we're kind of... We're not, we're not a part of it. We kind of we kind of called it, but we weren't a part of the hype. But we will take any opportunity we can to talk about football. And even if it's the dumb things that happen in the offseason, we will take the opportunities to do that because that is who we are. We are opportunistic, and we we love it. I mean, we love to well, – anything and everything. Give it and to content us. don't sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Con- content doesn't sleep. Um, neither neither do uh, Brad Bohan's bets. Um, so we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about it all. I'm, I'm excited to, to get into this show. We've also got a great interview with Ben McKee. Going to get tons of information about the Tennessee Vols, uh, not just what's happened this season, but also kind of what to look forward to. And maybe even you get some might get some hints of next season too. So make, make sure you, you stay in for that. It's a great great episode with him. Um, Breaking also, news, got to got a recruit while we're on the show. Yes, good good point, good point. Yeah. Um, and then you also, we, we get to hear about, we're going to hear about the great Pop-Tart debate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned it, biggest biggest story in college baseball. Um, exciting time, like I said, uh, with with Tennessee baseball. We're going to we're gonna go football first, but I just, like, this is a, you kind of get your chance, like, you've, you've had the chance, sweep over Vanderbilt was a good, like, right the ship moment for Tennessee baseball with a lot of questions surrounding um, how can Tennessee play on the road away from Lindsey Nelson Stadium? One to nine right now. Um, obviously, hosting a regional still in question, but also super regional is almost um, it's almost done and gone. We talked about that window getting tighter. You got through the window, but maybe not enough time to to host a super regional. But maybe, maybe it's possible. Yeah, you, you keep sweeping. I mean, right? Who knows? Can't can't deny you. But but at the same time, it's like, hey, go write the ship about your road record this weekend, and let those questions kind of fade as you as you go to Hoover, um, and then as you have the potential to play away in a regional and super regional, and then maybe make it to Omaha and play away from Lindsey Nelson. Let let all that that fade. Go write the ship in a different way this weekend. It's a great opportunity to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, if you got any questions, drop those in the chat. Or if you just want to comment, roast on Caleb, not me, um, you can do that as well. So um, drop those in the chat. We'll be keeping an eye on that. And then, you better come uh, with you better come with some heat. I will respond. <laughs> I've been I've been watching a lot of uh, crowd work stand up, so I, I think I'm ready. Okay, don't, don't, don't ready. have a profile picture. <laughs> gotcha. That's awesome. All right. Uh, before we get into the the meat of the show, I do want to mention our good friends over at Underdog Collectible. Underdog is Knoxville's best sports collectible store with a wide selection of UT cards, autographs, and memorabilia. 
Whether you're looking for a Peyton Manning autographed helmet or the most recent Topps baseball card release, you'll find it at Underdog. The shop is owned by UT graduates and proudly supports UT sports by hosting NIL events throughout the year. Stop by the University Commons Shopping Center next to Publix and Domino's to check them out. They're open six days a week with live YouTube shows three nights per week. Remember to always bet on the underdog. Shout out to underdog. I, I'm slacking. I'm going to I'm gonna do a baseball card break soon. I'm going to stop saying it. I'm just going to do it. But it's coming. <laughs> it, it is certainly coming. Yeah, and they also had a big night tonight. They had a Dylan Sampson, Squirrel White, um, in shop to sign some autographs. So if you um, got a chance to do that, awesome. If you didn't, <laughs> there'll be more. Yeah, that, make sure you're following along on those social media. Um, follow us. Uh, we'll we'll definitely retweet that. But hit that follow button on them. Don't don't miss it. Just in case. Yeah, turn on, turn on our YouTube channel too. Since we're just shouting <laughs> out things, um, yeah. it's kind of slacking. So if you you could subscribe, that'd be cool too. Um, you can watch us on there also. Um, it's not different content, but it's still content. Content. It might be. I mean, maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> don't or, miss it. Yeah, you'll miss listen, it if listen, you don't those, subscribe. Those like 40 subscribers we have are hanging on for the day we decide that we're we're YouTubing. So yeah. be don't not be one of those 40 plus people. Become number 41 tonight. You can be number 41. On the tube. Shout out to Austin White, always on the YouTube. <laughs> not tonight. He would have told us in the chat. So yeah. that's disappointing. Um you think with all the stuff, you know, with Alabama, he'd be in here. It kind of seems like the heat of the off season's gone away from Kentucky. You know, last year it was football school, basketball school. What's going on today? Hunter Dickinson. Um, you know, a lot of people are confident he'd be committing. Turns out, uh, I don't know if Cal's just not a good act. You know what a good appetizer order person is. Like, you don't want someone ordering appetizers who's like, yeah, just chicken tenders for the table. No, if I want chicken tenders, I'll order chicken tenders. It sounds like he's not a good, good app Tri- order. Triple C's. Cal can't close. <laughs> nice. I like that. That, that's a new that's a new thing. Sure. Confirming that. <laughs> yeah. Um we getting to Joe first or are we getting to Alabama baseball? We're gonna we're gonna let's talk Joe Milton. Okay. Okay, so what's funny about this is when all this happened, I don't know, two weeks ago before the draft, we were like, dude, if this Anthony Richardson hype is real, because we know we know why it's real, like the intangibles, like it's how can you not watch some guys run forties and be like, Yeah, I want them on my football team or I mean, we went to high school with a kid who never played a down. I think he was on the team for like one season. He's He was humongous, and I think he had knee injuries and just never played. And he was 6'7", 300-something pounds. He would get letters every day from schools. Like, hey, come to our camp. Like, just like even that shows that, hey, if your roster shows how big you are, like, people are going to want you. Then you've got – you can watch him throw it out of the building almost literally. Um, like, all this – like. Of course, I get it, but we said it. If that's what's saying being said and done about Anthony Richardson, same thing's going to happen with Joe Milton, and now it's already started. <laughs> yeah, and you put that together with the offense and obviously the intangibles, obviously the arm arm strength, but like quarterbacks have success in this offense, right? And then Hooker didn't really do any, didn't do much at Virginia Tech, and you know, came in here and, and didn't look great in the spring. And then he showed out and was in the Heisman race for the majority of last season. And so you have that. And then you have the, what he, his small sample size in the orange bowl, the Vanderbilt game and just garbage time. It got through almost for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you, you have to think like there's some sort of, you know, success there. 
Right. But like the the main thing that I think is the only reason why we're even talking about this is because Anthony Richardson and Will Levis didn't have hardly, I shouldn't say hardly any success. They didn't really have success. They didn't have great years. And Anthony Richardson went number four. And Will Levis was projected to go probably that high the majority of the offseason. Yeah, it's kind of weird. All the way up until draft day. Very weird what happened with him. I'm kind of like good for him. Because like right, no, there, for there's, sure. yeah, there's not those expectations aren't on you. Anthony Richardson, yikes. <laughs> yeah, that it is all gonna be interesting. But I mean, it's also not a new thing. I say it every year, and 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 I get it. It's hard again not to look at guys like that and think, oh, what what could be? But like, I mean, Sam Darnold went what, second, third? Was he third in that draft? Yeah. Like that like absurd. And, and I mean, sure, you can sit here and say, I mean, he's not as terrible. He's a great freshman year. <laughs> He wasn't as terrible as he was, I guess, later in college, but he's also not, he's not been a first round draft pick or even close to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, that's the case every year. What did Josh Rosen go? Was he like 15? He was high first round, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, that something like that. Like, Josh Rosen had no business. Um, he has not panned out at all. But yeah, so I mean, it's just always going to happen. I did, I did pull up Anthony Richardson's 2022 stats just to, Okay, so also this is all kind of now the media who has hyped Joe Milton has now turned around and go, wait, are we overhyping him? Or they're calling him overhyped without making it clear that they're the ones doing Josh the Rosen went 10th. Overall. 10th? Okay. Yeah. I knew it was high. Um, so, yeah, the media that hyped him is now saying he's overhyped but fails to recognize that they overhyped him. But that's beside the point. Um, so compared to Anthony Richardson, who went fourth overall, uh, he had in 2022 a 53.8% completion rating. Uh, he threw for 2,500 yards, 17 TDs, and nine interceptions. Joe Milton in two starts in garbage time, like not trying to frame it any differently. It's just what the stats say. Um, 64.6% completion rate, completion rating. I can't talk. 971 yards, 10 TDs, zero interceptions. Um, so, I mean, it's like. Also, Anthony Richardson threw. Threw the ball 327 times. Joe Milton threw it 82 times. Right. And and also, we talked about it. Like, Tennessee game's obviously going to make Anthony Richardson look look good. I mean, he was – he's still 54.5% completion. He threw for 453 yards, two TDs, one interception. Rushed for 62 yards, two TDs. I mean, it, that game did make him look like an all-star, but let's not act like they didn't try to throw the ball everywhere. And also, if they don't go forward on fourth down, was it five times – that game's a completely different ball game. Um, LSU even tried to do something like that game happens one time. That game never happens again. If Tennessee right. and uh, Florida play it back, the LSU tried to replicate it and just got absolutely demoralized early in the game. So it just, just doesn't happen. Uh, credit to Billy Napier for having the nuts to say, Hey, we're not as good as this football team. Let's be weird. They went full that private school from uh, Arkansas and he tried to coach at a school in South Carolina in college and, you know, they never punt. They only onside kick, only go for two. I mean, he went full weirdo mode, and I kind of respect it, but let's not pretend those stats are the same if they aren't weird that game. Yeah. Like we're, just, like we're, we're pointing out two starts for Joe Milton, so let's point out <laughs> – let's be fair to Anthony Richardson too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like I wasn't in on the hype. I mean, I do think like he is set up for success. I think he's good wide receivers. I think this offense is going to help him out, and he's all and he's also like an easy guy to cheer for. Like yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, he stuck it out, lost the job, 
um, or got hurt, but but lost a job in, in that as well, um, and and stuck around, and and now it's his team, and so like you're going into this off season again, knowing who your guy is. You know, there's no there's right. not really quarterback competition. No offense to Nico, but Joe Milton's your quarterback. But kind of like Will Levis, like that's kind of good for Nico, I think. Like you don't want to be the guy day day one. That's that's a lot of pressure. Kind of talk we'll talk about with the baseball team. Like that's it's different pressure, man. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of get the chance to learn, um, especially if Joe's great, like the chance to learn behind him, if that's the case, like that's that, that's best case scenario. Well, I did see something today. It was like he's overhyped because he lost the job. Are we are we just gonna forget Will Levis lost didn't win? What does that mean? He's overhyped because he lost the job. Like they they said he couldn't win the quarterback battle in college. Well, neither did Will Levis until he got to Kentucky. Sean Clifford beat him out. I mean, Hendon Hooker was a Heisman candidate. Okay. Anthony Richardson never really won the job at Florida. He got it kind of by default because yeah. there wasn't yeah, a quarterback ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a quarterback right now when since he's left. Oh, <laughs> they haven't even been able to replace him. No, I think, I mean, like you said, it's easy to root for him. I, and I definitely going into the Orange Bowl, and there's still questions for me. I mean, you cannot, you can't not question his accuracy and consistency. He's only started two games since, like you said, losing the starting job. Accuracy still got to be a question because it's such a small sample size. I think he's put, for me, a lot of those questions at ease. Like, I feel more comfortable, but I, I, I can't lie and say it's not there. Um, he's still got to be willing to to tuck it and run at times. He he wants to throw the ball, and I don't blame him. He's a quarterback. Why why would you not want to? And he can if I could throw it as far as him, like he you know you had that video of him throwing an orange. I would throw every object known to man, just to because I can. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like for me, like kicking a soccer ball. Like I'm pretty good at it. So any chance I get to kick anything, like yeah, I'm gonna show it off. Like let's do it. But yeah, I don't. I I would I would do that too. But yeah, I mean I think he's got to be. Um, willing to kind of make plays with his feet. Uh, he seemed to be better at moving around with the pocket, even though he was shy about tucking it and running. I don't know if that's a fair assessment, but um, it was also, again, he was playing not great teams a lot of the time he was in, yeah. uh, even Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt was a weird game, and he still played well. Not great, but well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that that Clemson defense, that's a legit like top defense, right. and he – Three touchdowns, two hundred and something yards. He was nine for like against Clemson, nineteen to twenty-eight. Man. It's a, almost a sixty-eight percent completion rate. Two two hundred fifty-one yards, three TDs, zero interceptions. I think he rushed twice for like eleven yards, something like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he picked them apart. That's a really good defense that he did that against. So I, I just think the hype is here because if he can have any bit of consistency, he should be a first-round draft pick. Knowing yeah, what we I, I knew agree. this year, what happened with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, he should he should be a first round draft pick. We said, I mean, we we called the shot before that mock draft thing came out that people tried to again done by the media, and they can say, yeah, they've talked to GMs and scouts and blah blah blah. This is what they've said, but you made you made it like you still said they didn't give you a number. They don't know what the draft order is. You did it, but we said it before the draft that mock thing came out on Monday or Tuesday. Like, yeah, if they liked Will. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson that much? They're gonna they're going to love Joe Milton. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Arm strength. Look at him in pads. I mean, he is a freak. He is first off the bus guy. And and he's he slimmed down last season. Yeah, still still a massive human being. And can throw it a mile. Literally. Yeah, I mean they they (laughs) want to talk about Will Levis's arm strength, bro. He can't do. You can't even compare the two. (laughs) 
Right. I did. It was funny, like watching back on in the 2021 season, um, watching Will Levis. I'm like, I mean, if I'm a GM, if I if I'm the Titans that drafted him, just act like he didn't play in 2022. Only show that because I mean, he does look more athletic, a lot more athletic. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got a Kentucky fan we're friends with. I'll let him use the injury as a as a as a thing. That's fine with me. I, I mean, I do think he like he fell into. A little bit, but I don't think it's a terrible situation because, like, the Titans can prove that they can make the playoff. They're in a shitty division, too, so that helps. Um, but I do think, like, they aren't dependent on Will Levis because right. they still have Ryan Tannehill. But the Colts, who they got? <laughs> I think it's Anthony Richardson day one. It got to be. Well, first, you don't draft a guy there yeah. to not be day right. one. Um, so, I mean, but yeah, it's got to be, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> And anyways, and, buy, buy into the hype. I'm, I, I, you know me, Negaval Caleb. Mm-hmm, it's sure. been said many times yeah, on this podcast, sure. not by me. Um, pr- like print, uh, print it. Do the, give us the hype. Joe Milton is going to, Joe Milton is going to throw so many touchdowns in Nashville that the three Vanderbilt fans left are, are gonna gonna have to stop by the the team store set up outside uh, Nissan Stadium and change their gear out. So. Yeah. The West, the West End is officially crumbling. You want to see how impressive his his arm strength is? He literally like throws a downfield ball to Squirrel White, and he's wide open, but Squirrel White always falls down because it's like <laughs> dropping it out of a helicopter. It just like brings him to the ground. <laughs> I don't. Do you remember that video of uh, Tyler Bray throwing it off the jumbotron to? I, I think it was Cordero Patterson. You remember yeah, that video? I, yeah, vaguely. We need to see first off if Joe Milton can throw it out of the stadium and. Bets are on. Um, not for you, Brad. Bets are on. I think he could do it. Uh, I mean, I think the line's got to be like minus 300 mm-hmm. that he throws it out. I think he could throw a touchdown in the opposite end zone from the Jumbotron. I wonder, like, how, where on the field he could throw it up to my seat. Let's see. So 30 in the north, 30, 30 yard line. That I think that's a low number too, but I think thirty is guaranteed. That'd be cool if he can step if he can step into it and yeah, thirty yard line. I'm definitely gonna break a bone. He's gonna <laughs> it's gonna like <laughs> encave my chest. Well, it's got to be like catching a punt too, like you said for Squirrel yeah. White, and instead of but unlike a punt where you're you square under it trying to find it, you're running. So like for you, you would probably have to. He might hit you on the money, but seeing it come at you, you're gonna have to, you know, wobble around there, and yeah, you'd die. Yeah, definitely. Why do, I wonder if if he's always you know if he's been that guy, you know, in high school and for uh, punting practice, oftentimes they would just chuck a ball down there. I mean, he's got it. He had to be better than his high school punter at doing that. Well, I'm thinking when he plays golf, like he's just he's just a throw it guy. He can't. There's no way he can hit it as far as he can throw it. I mean, I would, I would, I, I don't entirely disagree with that that chance, but dude, throwing a golf ball is incredibly hard. I don't know if it's because it's so small. I, I don't know. You see him throw it orange. <laughs> That's fair. But to be fair, an orange is much bigger than a golf. I know, ball. but it's, it's also probably lighter. You think it's lighter than a golf ball? No. You don't think so? A well-grown Florida orange, not a chance. <laughs> I'm talking like a cutie. <laughs> yeah, that's a cutie. That's that's not an orange, Landon. Come on, don't. What is that? A tangerine? I think, uh, dude, <laughs> it's not an orange. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> it is not an orange. I know that. Could have fooled me. It's not a peach. 
It was a tangerine. I There's feel like no tangerines it, are big. It might have looked, are they? I don't know what a tangerine is. <laughs> if they're big, I don't know what a tangerine is. I might be lying. I think you are lying. <laughs> I have no clue. You, you just I don't know small, the difference. So and honestly, if you know crazy. the difference, you're a nerd. So, Like Joe. Joe's a nerd. I think, I think it is how big his hands are. Because again, he is a massive human being. Yeah. Absolutely massive. Uh, buy into the hype, though. However much it costs, buy into it. Call your friends in Cincinnati. Have them place the bets for you. Um, it's it's a go. Are, are we, were we keeping a tally how many jokes we can make about this? I, I, also, I, probably I, more. I hope you're having a great day. Um, if you're not, you're probably having a better day than the Alabama Athletic Department. So, Dude, they don't. They have no shame. They don't care. <laughs> they don't. They're, they're trying to figure out why they fired him. They, they have no idea. What, he, what did he do wrong? He's been winning baseball games lately. That's what we hired him to do. Yeah. I mean, wrong place, wrong time. Oh, for sure. Also, don't use your school-issued cell phone. Hugh Freeze. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I mean, what? how much does a burner phone cost? I know, $25. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had one. I forgot about that. I, I, I still have one currently. It was. I took it to Vegas with me just in case someone lost their phone one night because I thought that was a good chance that someone would. <laughs> so they had a backup phone so we then would not lose them. Oh, dude, if I, I lost I had... my like my phone is like my lifeline. If I lost my phone like that, I'm shutting down all of Las Vegas <laughs> until we find it. Yeah, you're you're definitely worse than me. I think when it comes to my phone, and I'm I'm the same way. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Hundred percent. Um, let's let's talk some baseball real quick, and then then we've got a good interview with Ben McKee coming up. Uh, obviously, Vol baseball, eight game win streak. Uh, get a trip to Athens, Georgia. Like I said, write the ship for those away games. Go take care of business. Um, I'll be, I mean, obviously, big weekend in Mississippi State, but nice win over Watford, a team that that's high in the RPI. I, I don't have their exact number. Top, like top fifty, 50 yeah, though. yeah, top fifty. So I mean, that you know, midweek games are, are normally. I don't know, maybe more important for the the other team. And then obviously some young guys get in and see it, but also just a big win for Tennessee in terms of trying to climb that ladder of you want to host a regional at minimum. Like you want to be in Knoxville for that. Yeah. And Wofford's a regional team. They're 32 and 11. Um, so that, that was a big win to not only win because you want to win as many, you want to win all those midweek games. Um, and right. you lost too. So you definitely didn't want to drop this one. You end up run ruling them in, in seven innings. Really good offense, really good pitching. Uh, I thought Xander Seacrest and uh, and AJ Russell were, were phenomenal. AJ Russell took one for the team, took one off the hip, and and still got the guy out. So um, you had guys laying it out on the line, and and you know get to that eight game win streak and and riding a high as you go into um, a Georgia series that that's on the road. So you definitely want to rewrite. You want to get some some. <laughs> some wins in that win column because right. one and nine on the road is not great in terms of like, when you're looking at seating like that, a lot of those people are going to look at that. Um, so I think they have projected us being the number two seed in Indiana States regional, which they would be the number 16, which I think that would mean Tennessee would be is right on the edge of hosting. So right. I, I think sure. they take care of business. These, next few weekends uh, Tennessee should be hosting and um, you know, would you be a national seed? You want to get in that top eight? I don't know. I mean, you'd probably have to make it run in Hoover and, and probably 
beat South Carolina at South Carolina, which isn't easy to do. Right. Um, but Tennessee's playing well right now. The, the pitching has done well. Hitting's come alive, you know, one through nine. I think, you know, we were mentioning on the bat flip, even Cal Stark, like the average doesn't look great, but he's battling, man. And and he's good for a double every now and every now and then. Um, and he's getting he's moving runners over, and that, that's all, all you ask. You're not asking for a high average catcher; those don't really exist. Um, <laughs> but he, he's battling. Like it seems like every um, county has it, it. It ends in three two somehow, some way. So um, right, love to see that. And and Christian Scott, who's majority. That nine-hole hitter, um, he's moved up a little bit here and there, but um, he's, I think, third on the team in SEC play in average. I mean, he, he's killing the ball right now. So, um, and Christian Moore got going. He stayed hot throughout this weekend. You got Dylan Dryling, who always seems to just make something happen when you need it. I mean, that three-run home run, that was a freaking blast, um, a rocket. Yeah, I think that's kind of comforting that even if the guys in the in the starting lineup can't do it, like there's guys you can go to. Yeah. Um. And and I mean, Vitello's shown he's not not scared to shake up the starting lineup, not scared to bring guys in and in big moments and uh and then then and then them deliver. So it, at least of late, deliver. So that, that's been huge. And and I going back into Tennessee, kind of fighting for something too. I mean, you're tied you're tied for fourth in the East right now. I don't know how does so I guess it's just overall, surely. When it goes like I don't even know why they have an I guess they have, they have an east and west winner, but it doesn't yeah, matter it doesn't, for seeding, does it? Matter, it? No. It's just one through uh twelve. Yeah. Yeah, um, you just get the odd. title that you win you won okay. the division, but that's gotcha. pretty much it. I didn't know if they seeded if one and two got no like they yeah, essentially got the top four. Because right now, I mean, you're looking at Todd for fourth in the east. Um, you still have to play Kentucky who you're tied for. Um so you, you, I mean, you're right on their heels if you can go and win, win this weekend in a, either series or sweep would obviously do you better. Um, you're just a few games behind Florida, who's at A and M, I think this week, and then next week they have Vandy. Uh, Kentucky's at South Carolina this weekend, so like this weekend's a, a huge weekend to make up ground in that sense. And you're, uh, I mean, you're ahead of the the third and fourth place teams in the West, and maybe the fifth place teams in the West. So that'll obviously change some too. And but I mean, you have a chance to maybe. I don't know how it would have to work out. I'd need to go in and look uh, for sure, but maybe not have to play that Tuesday single elimination game mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. Like that potential is still there, which would be, you know, that'd be big for, we talked, we were going to talk about it later and, and not stressing out your, your pitching staff. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of this is, you know, this win streak has really started once they've, Cal has been the catcher and they've gotten Dickey out the left field. It's not the total yeah. difference in this team, but, um, you know, it's a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, you also have them going to Andrew Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. On on Saturday night, your your second night. So I mean, it's it's been a lot of just like it's it's had to feel like a puzzle for Vitello because mm-hmm. you want. I mean, as a coach, you kind of hope like one thing will will tick and there it goes. Like something you say in the locker room or at practice or moving one guy around. And uh, but yeah, it's it seemed to just like they've had to kind of chip away at the whatever quote-unquote problem was. Yeah, and this wouldn't be a, a more important issues podcast if we didn't mention Jared Dickey going three for four and three <laughs> RBIs. I mean, just a pro. A stud, just a dude. pro, and, you know, I think that's why you didn't want – you didn't want to play him at catcher. You wanted Charlie Taylor, Cal Stark, or, or even Ryan Miller to just take that spot. 
Um, mm-hmm. and it looks like Cal Stark has taken taken that spot. And and I mean, Charlie Taylor did go two for three. Um, yep. on Tuesday night, so um, he's got some competition. So hopefully, Cal just just picks it up, keeps it going, and you know they're we're just riding this high right now. Thousand percent. Yep. Thousand percent. All right. Anything else for baseball? I know we're about to talk about it a lot with Ben here. Georgia sucks. <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're gonna get Ben McKee on the show. Uh, make sure you guys follow him on on all his socials. I don't have his at in front of me. We'll tweet that out. But uh, we appreciate Ben hopping on, and uh, we'll see you guys back here in a minute. Welcome onto the show, regular guest officially, second time on the podcast. He's two from two four seven Sports. Ben McKee, he actually does it all. I don't even want to tag you to to one one place. I feel like you're all you're all over. Uh, formerly of the Swain event, huh? not did he get not formally anymore? Or, oh, is it back? Okay, I feel like I dreamt that because <laughs> I haven't. I, so I was about to say. I mean, did Swain get too cool for you? And like, what? What? Like, do we not like him anymore? You just tell me how to feel. I've got your back. I hate Jason Swain. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm kidding. No, the the Swain event is kind of back. We're, we're gonna do a an hour on Tuesdays and and Thursdays here, uh, beginning next week. Actually, uh, next oh. Tuesday. May 9th, I, I guess that is. So every uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I think we're doing 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. So just uh, an mm-hmm. hour each Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, so that mm-hmm. that's exciting. But don't don't tell Swain, but I, I hate him. I, I cannot stand <laughs> him. Uh, it, it's, I, I haven't liked him since he was playing, honestly. I mean, I, I didn't think he was yeah. very reliable. Uh, I, I thought it was disrespectful to Robert Meacham and, and Brett Smith and, and Chris Brown. Uh, when, when they would throw the ball to him, so uh, don't tell what? him I said that. But <laughs> and he was wearing number one. You hate you have to hate the guy wearing number one, right? It, ab- <laughs> absolutely. It, that that's why it was so great to see Drew Gilbert have success, and yeah. somebody could finally uh, bring some validity to the <laughs> number one. Uh, Michael Pilardi did a great job there for several years, uh, and uh, good old Drew Gilbert these last couple of years really elevated the number one. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, I, I hate to, to go too tangenty here, but Michael Pilardi, what was his completion percentage? Was it a hundred percent? I I guess so. I feel like every time they ran a fake punt, he completed a pass. I, I don't I don't know if he had any Pat McAfee moments, bad snaps, anything like that. So I'm, I'm not need to do some research on that. I, I'd say it's pretty solid. Maybe best number one in Tennessee football history. I don't I don't know. Yeah, uh, he might be. <laughs> I, I know there's a guy Leonard Little and. And Jason Witten and and some of those in Cowboy. there, but yeah, yeah, not, yeah, not 100 yeah. completion percentage though. That's that's my take. <laughs> yeah. They probably don't have that. Still has his NFL career going, so I I think it all worked out for him regardless. Yeah, 100. percent Oh, definitely. Uh, we did want to get you on and talk baseball. We we just got done though talking about the Joe Milton hype, so I did want to get your take on this. Um, is so you're 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 obviously in the media uh, more seasoned than us. What do you think about the media creating the hype and then? like two days later saying he's overhyped. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting conversation. My my thought is a, a little off the rails, uh, and I appreciate y'all having me on again. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just trying to, to play catch up to Eric Kane. I mean, I, I'm just trying to be as great as, as Eric Kane out here like everybody else and, and trying to keep up with, with you all and, and y'all's great content uh, as well. But I, my, my thought process goes to why don't people understand – why the Anthony Richardsons and the Will Levises and, and the Joe Milton's people just still don't seem to understand why these guys are talked about so highly 
despite a lack of college football success. The, the mm-hmm. NFL is not drafting these guys based off of what they accomplished in college. If, mm-hmm. if they did that, Stetson Bennett would have gone number one overall this year. Uh, and, and Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud would have followed Stetson Bennett. But but they're drafting these guys off of potential and all the intangibles and uh, the God-given abilities. And you, you look at Will Levis, I know he's a, a divisive topic uh, <laughs> these days, but uh, and I would not have taken a top five pick use the top five pick on him Let, let's get that out of the way first so I'm, I'm not trying to take up for will levis but like the guy is really athletic he can run around he has great arm strength uh, i know kentucky's offense was was not good this past season but it was a pro style offense that translates to the nfl and that's what the nfl teams are seeing is they see the arm strength they see the athletic ability the toughness and, and the fact that he did run a pro style offense and and that's why he was drafted uh, I know he ended up going in the second round, and and uh, that that is probably higher than most people would have pegged him to go, and probably fairly so because he he wasn't super dynamic in college uh, in terms of production. But these teams are drafting off of potential and the arm strength and the athletic ability. That that's why Anthony Richardson went top five right, yeah. overall is because he can throw the football a country mile and and he can run around with the best of them, and and he's just a freak of an athlete. And and these pro teams. You, they they look at these guys and think, oh, if, if we get them in our building, in our organization, right. we're going to get the best of the best out of them. We're, we're going to coach them up to where they're going to be the next uh, Josh Allen. That, that's what they oh, see. Yeah. And, and Josh Allen was far more accomplished at Wyoming than, than those two guys. But they, they think that they're going to pull all of that out of them. And, and I, I kind of see the same thing with, with Joe Milton is everybody sees the arm strength. Mm-hmm. And he's not necessarily the runner that Anthony Richardson or, or Will Levis is, but the athletic ability to extend plays and, and move around in the pocket, just the natural ability. Like, that's what NFL teams want. They want all of that potential and, and all that freakish stuff. And it just kind of baffles me that people still don't understand that at this point. It, it happens year in, year in, year out. In the NBA, the MLB, NFL, every draft, it's, it's all about potential and and all, all the freakish athletic stuff. That, that's what gets these guys drafted, not what Stetson Bennett uh, accomplishes. So that, that's kind of where my thought process goes. Um, but I also like to your question is you can see a different guy in Joe Milton. I know it was a limited yeah. sample size, Vanderbilt and Clemson, just two games. But even going back to, to the garbage playing time, like early in the year and, and blowouts against – directional schools like you could see the difference in joe milton throwing the football he looked more like a passer than just a guy he looked more like a quarterback whereas year one right. he, he didn't look like a quarterback he just looked like an athletic freak that could throw the ball yeah as far as he could but this past season even in mop-up duty against no-name teams like you could see him putting touch on the ball anticipating throws throwing guys open so he has a lot to prove this year um, but you, you see the potential with him. So I, I think that's why he's getting hyped up on top of like the incredible yeah. arm strength, which makes teams fall in love with him. Yeah, I think if it wasn't for Anthony Richardson and Will Levis going so early, or, or, or at least being projected to go so early, maybe this wouldn't be a topic. But he kind of fits that mold of those two quarterbacks where I guess it is fun to talk about that you don't <laughs> have to have success in college and you can go in, in the fourth – in the fourth overall pick and Anthony Richardson. And I kind of blame Tennessee's defense too, because they also kind of gave good tape out there where Will Levis last year and Anthony Richardson this year, where, you know, maybe they did see that potential in those guys. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, if if Joe Milton has just a little bit of success this season, he's going to be a first-round quarterback for the mm-hmm. same reasons Anthony Richardson and Will Levis will we'll lump Will Levis in since he was fairly close to being a first-round pick. He showed up to the green room. He had confidence. He, he, he did have confidence, and I, I do feel bad for him. I know, again, he's been he's become a polarizing figure, but you never really want to see somebody go through what he had to go through um, well, I, ju- I just said uh, after watching draft day, I don't, I don't go to the green room. I don't care who I am. I'm not getting Bo Callahan. It's not happening. Like I don't do that. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I have to have a guarantee that I'm going like top fifteen, top twenty. And, and Sign if, the contract. If not, I'm not showing up. So I, I, you got to question kind of those who, who were informing him and thought it was a right. good idea for him to, to show up. But I mean, you saw those guys have a little bit of success on top of their natural god-given abilities and, and talents and that's that's joe milton and if, if he has a little bit of success he'll be a first-round quarterback and if it finally clicks for him and all the potential i mean because mm-hmm. there's no questioning joe milton's potential like he has all the potential in the world to to be one of the best quarterbacks in america even at the next level uh and and if he pieces it together and has an outstanding season in the SEC, he'll be a top five quarterback. Forget just a little bit of success and being a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. If he has a great year, similar to Hendon did last year in the SEC, he'll he'll be a top five pick, if not the the number one overall pick. So Heisman, that's what you're calling. It's hard not to I, – I guess – it's early. It's a small sample size, but it feels like uh, Josh Heupel is about to be in the the same kind of Lincoln Riley conversation yeah. of just assuming their quarterbacks are, are going to be in the Heisman conversation every single year. And it's not just Lincoln Riley, but the Ryan Days and, and Nick Saban's th- those programs. Every year, their quarterbacks are Heisman front runners before the season starts, and it feels like Josh Heupel is right. about to kind of be in 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 that same conversation every year. His, his quarterback being in the running. Uh, for, for the Heisman well before the season even starts. So, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying, Landon. <laughs> okay, you, perfect. Y'all, y'all can print the shirts now, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you, you can credit Set it here first. Yeah, Joe, well, let's tweet that out right now. Um, Go ahead and – Joe Milton's going to win the Heisman. Yeah, Ben McKee said it. All right, let's flip I, the baseball yeah. a little bit. Um, <clears throat> We can go back to this if, if you want to. We can change it. Um, I don't care. Um, But you did take your son to his first baseball game in Lindsey Nelson. So, how was that? And – I guess he doesn't really have a choice of who he's going to root for. <laughs> I I guess he he technically does, but I mean he was born into it. He he was born into it. That that is for sure. And and, and shouts to you for the assist in yeah. getting him to the game. Uh, the the wife w- was wanting to to get out of the house and uh, make it to a game. Obviously, Tennessee baseball is is quite the attraction for many reasons. 100%. Uh, the, one of the biggest shows in town, <laughs> if, if not the show this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was wanting to catch a game, and obviously Little Man is, is going to tag along at, at this point. So, I mean, he's only nine months old, so th- didn't really uh, consume much baseball. I, th- I think he took a nice nap. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, he was he was curious, George, looking around for, for sure. So uh, that, that was pretty cool. I, I did make sure to, to lock up a commitment uh, from Tony Vitello. Uh, I, I communicated with him last July after he was born. And I said, look, I've got your first commitment for the class of 2000. And what, what's 18 years from from now? Oh, that's hard math for me. Yeah, two, 2000, yeah, something like that. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Whatever year it is, <laughs> I, I told him, like, you've already got your first commitment. So you, you and Josh Elander, y'all, y'all can chill on this one. Uh, Knox is is firmly committed to the Vols. Yeah. Uh, j- just make sure that you're still around to, to take his commitment, please. 
Number one recruiting class right now. That's what I heard. That's right. That's right. <laughs> number one commu- number one recruiting class in the class of 2041, whatever year we, we decided. So that, that was cool. I mean, it, it's cool becoming a dad. It, no no feeling better. No feeling yeah. in the world uh, like it. So that was cool. It, it wasn't a pretty game at first. Shout, shout, shout <laughs> to uh, Tennessee's bats for getting that game turned around because that one did not start all that pretty. No, no. But we took care of it. We we ended early, and I'm sure your your wife and and your son enjoyed that too. Yes, they they, <laughs> they did. So, they, they, if that Tennessee baseball team can show up, then then the sky's the limits for them. Which is why the the first month month and a half, two months were were so frustrating uh, to to watch them play for for everybody for for a lot of Tennessee fans because you know their potential, you know they're not playing to it, and and these last two weeks or so they they've started to play to it. And I think the exciting part is that they still have so much room to to grow uh, mm-hmm. and, and so much more room for improvement. And and if if they can really be clicking on all cylinders, not just going into Hoover because at at, at this point it's about NCAA tournament uh, right. success for for Tennessee baseball, in my opinion. Um, not that you just you know disregard hoover you you still want to win when you go down there but now that you've kind of secured that accomplishment and and got that trophy they they still haven't won a game in omaha that's obviously the next step and potentially winning a national championship one day so be clicking on all cylinders going into the ncaa tournament and uh, kind of use hoover as a springboard uh, to get there if they can do that then and, and this is the cliche. Everybody's saying it right now. I'm I'm not sharing anything out of the ordinary. But no team, if Tennessee ends up going somewhere else for a regional, no team's going to want to see Tennessee in their regional if they can be clicking on all cylinders. Oh, absolutely not. And, and you mentioned Hoover. I was going to ask about this um, later, but we'll go ahead and talk about it. I mean, Hoover is interesting. Obviously, you want to win championships. It's fun. I mean, God, last year was a ton of fun, regardless of how, how it ended up a couple weeks later. Um, Tennessee's kind of interesting because I agree. Like, Hoover's not priority list, but also – they kind of have a – I would I – mean, I don't follow enough teams to know um, their bullpen ins and outs or anything, but Tennessee has um, – you know, they found a, a new starter in, with Chase Burns kind of carving out a bullpen role. Uh, they still – you know, so they, they have a starter, all-American starter in their bullpen currently that could go a day. Um, and then they have Camden Sewell as well who, who started in the in Hoover last year. It's not like – yeah, you don't necessarily want to throw those arms, but you're also not stressing um, too much. And so I think it's kind of interesting uh, – it almost seems like it could be an easy approach. Yeah, I, I'll be real curious to see how they handle the the pitching. The The first things first, though, will, will be to win that Tuesday game because they'll right. be playing on Tuesday uh, this year and instead of on Wednesday because uh, they're not going to have a, a double bye this year's this year. And, and for those who are new to the SEC tournament, that, that Tuesday is all single elimination games. Mm-hmm. Uh, four games, they're all single elimination. I don't know the seeding. I think it's five through 12 uh, th- those seeds all play one another some way somehow uh, in single elimination, and and if you win on Tuesday, you would obviously advance to Wednesday, and that's when the double elimination uh, kicks in. So uh, I'll I'll be real curious to see who throws that Tuesday uh, because you you play at South Carolina Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't think that Andrew Lindsay would turn around right. uh, pitching from Thursday and and go on Tuesday. So who is that starter that that throws on Tuesday? And, and I, I think the the biggest question is is how serious will Tony Vitello and Tennessee's coaching staff take the SEC tournament? Uh, and, and again, like you just said, not that they're just going to throw it to the side and, and not care about it, uh, because you, you do want to play in at least a couple of games to to make right. sure all of your pitchers get some work and and throw. 
but you don't get that work unless you win on Tuesday. Uh, but you're also mm-hmm. not going to risk anything for the regional by doing something crazy on that Tuesday. So do you go ahead and throw a Camden Sewell? I think that's what that's what I would do um, because he would be ready. Obviously, we'll see what he does at South Carolina. Maybe he throws mm-hmm. a, a million pitches on Saturday and is unavailable for Tuesday. But if you if if it works out to where you can throw Camden on that Tuesday and then you do make a run in Hoover, then all of a sudden you're coming back on Saturday, most likely Sunday if you make it to the championship game, and Camden Sewell is going to be ready to go on five days rest, I believe, uh, or, or as close to full rest as as possible for a, a starter. Um, and Camden can throw a, a ton. Uh, he, right. he, he's capable of making that quick turnaround. So you have Camden on Tuesday, and then you line up Lindsey, Dolander, Beam, have to – throw another starter in there at some point probably um but if you can make a run then you have Sewell starting on that championship Sunday so I'll be I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out because again you're not gonna go roll all the dice to to try and make it to Sunday on that Tuesday uh, because it's not the end of the world if you don't I I hate kind of having that conversation every single year but it just kind of is what it is uh it's Hoover is yes you want to win an SEC championship but it's also more about making sure your arms are, are ready to go for the regional so I'll be really curious to see how they approach that because they, they could go a number uh, of different directions. And and with Lindsey Burn or not Burns, but Lindsey um, Dolander and Beam unable to make that quick turnaround to Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be real curious to see who, who would start those games. Yeah, and from a fan standpoint, I won't be terribly upset if we don't play Thursday, Friday. We know it's going to rain. And if I don't have to stay up till 1 a.m. to watch a game, that's that's fine by me. I'm, I'm not mad. It is fun yeah. being LSU, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure that Tennessee itself would like some rematches uh, with LSU, Florida, Arkansas. So some of these teams to to prove that they're better than what they showed uh, during during that stretch that they went on. I'm sure they would love a, a rematch with Missouri uh, with, with how that series went. So there, there there's a lot of pros and, and a lot of cons. It, it's a, a weird ordeal. I, I am all for Hoover and the SEC tournament being in Hoover. It should never go away. Um, but uh, it's your home again, state, right? No, it is not my home state. <laughs> I, I did, I did graduate from high school in Alabama, but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm an army brat. So I, I kind of live okay. all over my, my okay. parents are originally from uh, West Tennessee. So, so you don't claim it. I do not claim it. I, <laughs> I did graduate from Huntsville, Alabama, but I, I, I do not claim it. Met my wife there. So, uh, did, did get a, not, a little not all bit bad. Of good from it. <laughs> There's a lot of orange in, in Huntsville. So. Uh, it's it's very similar to to Tennessee, so but no, I do not claim the state of Alabama. It's, Can we just get the last another field? Yeah, true. Yeah, that's a good point. I just want another field. So if hey, if it rains, we can play two games. At, I don't know, two games at once, or stack them closer together. Over? I don't know. Yeah, turf it for all I care. Just mm-hmm. play the games. <laughs> they they've got to figure something out. I, I know it's a, a weird dynamic uh, because and the weather affects it every single season but if if you could find a way for the weather which is all pure luck but if the weather was not to affect it like it it runs perfectly in in terms of entertainment value like Mm -hmm. it's set up perfectly and and baseball is a quirky sport with the amount of games that that are that are played but i'm i'm it should never move from from hoover i'm i'm not necessarily pro Birmingham or, or pro that <laughs> that portion of the state but uh just the environment of Hoover and anybody who's been to the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover knows what I'm talking about and and it's the best of the best it, it truly means more uh in, in Hoover Alabama as as the SEC likes to say there's a lot of pros and cons to it um 
from a team perspective, especially if you know you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And, and the other thing that I should have let off with when you asked me that question, Caleb, is if Tennessee can can really have success here these next three weekends to, mm-hmm. to finish the regular season in a strong way, they could be playing to be a top eight national seed in the tournament. I, I think it's true. unlikely, but it's a possibility that they would probably have to go on a little bit of a run in Hoover to lock it up if they can have success these next three weekends. Uh, so they could be playing for not only a potential super regional host, uh, a top eight national seed, but also more importantly, trying to at least at minimum be a regional host, be a top 16 seed. Uh, and again, uh, just listening to kind of what Kendall Rogers has said the last week or, or two, the the baseball writer for D1 Baseball, he said that Tennessee – it's they're absolutely in the conversation, but may need to win a game or two in Hoover to to lock up being able to host that opening weekend. So that could play into to Tennessee's plans as as well. And and obviously, if if hosting is on the line, Tony Vitello is going to have his foot on the the pedal as hard as he can. Yeah, especially with that one and nine record um, on the road right now. You definitely want to play at home <laughs> as much as possible. <clears throat> I do want to ask you about the turnaround a little bit from this team. You know, currently on an eight game win streak. That first part of the season, it just looked like a team who had to replace all of their leadership. I shouldn't say all. Camden Sewell is still there and some other guys. But m- the majority of their leadership was w- had to be replaced. What do you think is the, the biggest thing that happened that, that besides Coach Q making them run a ton? <laughs> what has <laughs> what uh, led to this turnaround from this team? Yeah, I, I think a couple of different things. I don't know that the leadership was ever in a in a bad place. It probably just wasn't what it needed to be. And I kind of hesitate and question my own self saying that just in the sense of I think it was a lot of guys in new roles and also adjusting to life without Drew Gilbert, without Blade Tidwell, uh, Redmond Walsh, Evan Russell, Luke Lipsius, uh, like for for Chase Burns and Chase Dolander, uh, mm-hmm. and and Burns struggled a little more than Dolander, um, much more uh, statistically at least. But even Chase Dolander hasn't been Chase Dolander uh, outside of a couple of of outings this season, and, and I'm talking pre Tony moving the the pitching plans around because Chase he was sick this past weekend against Mississippi State. Um, but he, he looked pretty good at Arkansas, uh, and then he looked really good against Vanderbilt. He's turned it around here uh, of late and looked much more like himself, and I do think he kind of ran into bad luck here and there throughout the, the season. But my point that I'm getting to is those guys, because they were younger and Chase Burns was his, was in his first year, Drew Beam was in his first year on campus, Chase Dolander was his first year on Rocky Top after transferring from Georgia Southern, like they were all new faces, and not that they were intentionally hiding behind the other faces, but just naturally, the pecking order, they were behind the Redmond Walshes and the Sean Hunleys. Well, not Sean Hunley last year, but behind the Camden Sewells and behind the Blade Tidwells. Like Those guys were the face of, of kind of the pitching staff going in the year, and the, and the faces of the team as a whole were the Gilberts and the Becks and the, the Russells and the Lipscombs and the Lipsiuses. Like those were the guys that everybody looked to first and foremost. Whereas this year, they're looking at Burns and Dolander and Beam. And then in the lineup, they're looking at Burke and, and Moore and, and Dickey. And, and that's a lot of pressure. And 
pressure that I, I don't think that those guys, not that they weren't ready for it. I, I don't think that they realized how heavy the pressure is. And, and I think that kind of affected them uh, to start the year, just life without those guys and, and having the target on your back from those players. Not that those players did anything like wrong or anything, but uh, Tennessee baseball became notorious for being the, the villains in the sport, uh, fair or unfairly. Um, and, and kind of that group, although they had a ton of success, they, they still did within their success, write checks that this team wasn't ready to cash at, at the beginning of this season. Th this team had to find their own way. Uh, and, and kind of the, I guess the, the simple way to say what I'm talking about is, is you can't just roll out the batting helmet with the power T on it or roll out the, the hat with the power T on it. Kind of like we talk about in football, you, you just can't roll the football helmet out there and because it has a power T on it, or if you're Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, their logos are on it. That doesn't mean that you're automatically going to win. And I felt like there was a little bit of that, like a an entitlement almost to start the season. Not in terms of, of them being selfish players or lack of leadership or anything. It's just I don't think that they were ready to be hunted the way that they were. And I think they had to kind of re refine themselves uh, in that sense. They had to learn how to hunt again. Uh, and deal with being hunted. And I think they've done that a lot better. And, and you mentioned Q uh, running with them. I think that helped a ton. Uh, and again, I don't think the leadership was in a bad place. I just think it helped the leadership get to where it needed to be uh, at a championship level. And and there were some weekends where they played bad baseball, but it, they, they weren't like in an atrocious baseball team. And, and again, we're talking about getting over the hump and getting to Omaha. Like that's the standard now is getting to Omaha right. and competing yeah. for national championships because they have the resources to do so. They have the talent on the roster to do so. So they, they weren't necessarily a bad baseball team, although they played like it at times, just generally speaking, they weren't a bad baseball team, but what was it going to take to to get to that championship level? And I think that's where what they've kind of found the, these last couple of weeks with, the leadership taking a step forward that it needed to and, and guys um, just really being about their work 24-7. Not that they were lazy before, but just doing what's necessary to to be potential Omaha contenders because they certainly did not look like they were going to make a run at Omaha there for, for several weeks. And they, they found that edge to them again and, and found the – the, the work that is required to, to potentially get to Omaha. They, they had to find themselves uh, because all, all that took place the last couple of years was great and fantastic, but this is a new core. And, and just because you're wearing the same jerseys that those guys did, that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to win baseball games. And I, I think they kind of had to find themselves because it's a, it's a, there's new face or uh, similar faces and, and familiar faces, but it's a new group. Uh, overall, uh, they, mm -hmm. they kind of had to find their way, and I think they've done that these last couple of weeks. Yeah, the daddy hat and the fur coat definitely helped too. You had to <laughs> take that out of retirement. Well, how interesting! Like, uh, we just need to. Turns out, we don't need our own thing. We just need to be, be who, be ten. I guess, I guess that's a Tennessee baseball thing now. Is I mean, has to be. I guess I. It's weird. This team, I guess, hadn't faced like you said this leadership. They hadn't faced adversity really. Um, they weren't a part of those, well, 2020, obviously scratch it, but, um, you know, they weren't top seated, uh, 2021 was, uh, what were they ranked 30? Were they 36th on one of the polls? Is that right? Yeah, so. it was low. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, super just 
very, very even underrated. last year um, they were ranked kind of low in in the preseason poll. They were top twenty five and whatnot, but yeah, they weren't projected top ten or anything. Yeah, they weren't number two right. like they were this year. <laughs> no, and they you know they they just hadn't faced that same adversity. So I don't. I and that was uh, that's are they officially over the hump? It's I don't know if it's you know battered ball syndrome. I've I've seen it all. I've seen I guess quote unquote what this team can be in both directions. I just it's hard to believe they go back to there, but uh, is it over? Are we are we through? Did we get through the window? I I, I don't think we can definitively say that. Uh, they they've got to go prove it this weekend on the road. Um, because oh, yeah, that's not that it's easy to win, but it, it's much easier to win at home. Um, mm-hmm. and I I didn't think they played all that well. Uh, in game one and game two against Mississippi State, which I thought was disappointing because I I don't think Mississippi State is a, a good team whatsoever i do think the offense showed up throughout the weekend obviously they scored a lot of runs but they should have that that mississippi state pitching staff is is atrocious their their pitching coach got fired like two days later that, that tells you all you need to know and they do have some dudes in the lineup there's no doubt about that they have some guys that can that can absolutely rake and, and you saw the heart of their lineup really terrorized tennessee but there, there were some lackluster moments i thought in in game one and in game two and uh, I'm not blaming Chase Dolander uh, because you can't help being sick. Uh, maybe the coaching staff needs to, and this is hindsight, Monday morning quarterback, but I, I walked past Chase Dolander after his game two start on, on Friday night and asked him how he was feeling, and, and he looked and sounded like death. Did did not need, <laughs> did not sound or look like somebody who needed to have tried to pitch that day. So So maybe there needed to be some more awareness and, and roll with somebody else in that moment. Um, not Chase's fault that he was sick and you tip your hat to him for trying to gut it out and, and wanting to pitch and, and be there for his team. Uh, but that did kind of throw off that game f- from a pitching mm-hmm. standpoint. Uh, there were some questionable pitching decisions uh, going from Xander, who had uh, cruised through the fourth inning, I guess it was, one, two, three inning, if I remember correctly. And then there's a couple of lefties due up the next inning and uh, they, they brought in Bryce Jenkins instead and that that's because they liked Bryce Jen- Jenkins strikeout pitch wipeout pitch better uh, and he's been really good against lefties this season although he's a righty and it that move just didn't pay off so I, I I'm getting to the point that like there was some bad luck I think in terms of Chase Dolander being sick and that kind of throwing off the pitching plans and, and that's really nobody's fault at the end of the day but some quirky stuff going on that may have contributed to, to them not playing too well at times against Mississippi State but um, I think Georgia is another version of Mississippi State, uh, a, a slightly better version. As of right now, they're the last team projected in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I don't think their lineup is as good from top to bottom, but they have some dudes at the top and in the middle that can absolutely uh, rake. Um, but you, you look at their SEC numbers, uh, and, and their lineup is, is average at best. They, they don't do a lot of things well. Their pitching has been very, very bad. Uh, not as bad as Mississippi State, but maybe a tier above Mississippi State, which isn't saying much. Uh, they, they do play great defense. Right. That, that's about the only thing that they do well um, is that they have the second highest fielding percentage in, in SEC play. So uh, they, they won't give Tennessee too many second chances. But uh, going on the road, Tennessee needs to prove that they can win on the road. And this is a team that they should beat. Georgia has some talent here and there. But again, not not an overall great team, and one in nine, I believe it is, on the road so far for yeah. Tennessee. They, they've got they've got to buck that trend because they, they have a chance to to host the super regional, but it's highly unlikely. I think, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, 
it, it may even be a little unlikely that they host the regional. So I do think that they've turned a corner, but have they turned a corner to where they can make a, a deep run in the postseason? I don't know. I, I need to see them win on the road first, and, and this is a good weekend to do so because you're playing somewhat of a good baseball team, but it is a team that you should beat. Yeah. Uh, good chance to turn around. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I wanted to ask about the, the catcher position because that's been a position, like, for two years, it's just been weird. Um, just not really had a mainstay there or somebody that's just actually been a catcher. Um, so, I mean, what do you – and it doesn't – it's weird because like, it doesn't seem like Tennessee's really worried about base runners. Like, is that something that um, worries you, like, down the road? Or is it just – it is what it is, and you know, hopefully they can get a catcher in the transfer portal or a fresh or somebody like that. Uh, all of the above. Uh, <laughs> I it, it's a philosophy within the program. Um, and look, Frank Anderson is one of the best pitching coaches on the planet. Uh, it, he is regarded as the best pitching coach uh, in in the country, uh, and that's not just kind of. I cover Tennessee, so I think he's the best. No, like he's widely regarded throughout the sport as sure. the best pitching coach. His resume speaks to that in terms of yeah. where he's coached, how many guys he's he's gotten drafted and have gone on to play professionally in the big leagues. Like there's a lot of data that supports Frank Anderson being the best pitching coach. Uh, yeah, in and I, the- I, I didn't want to call you out on this, but when you mentioned your son committing, um, <laughs> you didn't mention Frank Anderson. I don't know if it's an age thing. I mean, we know he's been around the block. He's coached a lot of dudes, so I don't – I wasn't gonna call you out, but since we're talking about it, I, I maybe he'll coach your son, and then maybe he'll be there. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not, not trying to be ageist if, if, <laughs> if that's the the right word. Um, we're all, we're just trying to figure out what position Knox is, is, okay. is going okay. to play. Uh, he he is he he showed early he's shown early signs of being a lefty. So okay, uh, if we can get the velo up. Uh, and we're pumping high velo from the left side. He, he will certainly be coached by Frank Anderson, hopefully. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see. We're still trying to figure out which position. I, I'd love for him to be coached by Frank Anderson because Frank Anderson is the best yep. of the best. But I don't necessarily <laughs> like the the philosophy. And, and it's not just Frank. It's obviously a group effort. But um, the And I get the thought process. They, they care more about – the the war at the plate than the mm-hmm. battle on the base and like i get that right like if if you get the the hitter out the base runner doesn't matter True. that that's absolute fact and and there is there is some truth to that but there are also certain situations where that base runner can can put a lot of pressure uh and create a lot of stress on the pitcher to where that affects their ability to pitch to the batter yeah. Uh, and so I, I think there's a, 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 a philosophy there that, that I, I don't like personally. Um, always attack the hitters and, and throw strikes and, and worry about the hitter, but you just can't disregard what the base runners are, are doing. So uh, Tennessee has had a catching issue uh, defensively the last two years. I, I don't think Evan Russell uh, got enough props for, for how good he was defensively as a catcher. Sure. Maybe he wasn't throwing out a ton of runners. Uh, but he was terrific at framing pitches. Uh, Josh mm-hmm. Elander ha- has said multiple times, like he he frames with the best of them in the country with with the stats that they they track. Evan was terrific doing that, uh, and, and Tennessee's catchers this year do that really well as well. 
Uh, but there's just not a commitment to to slowing down the opposing running game. And, and Tennessee's mm. pitchers are, are very, very slow to the plate. So, yeah, Tennessee doesn't have Yadier Molina's arm behind the plate, but the pitchers are doing no the favor. catchers no favors. Right, and, and this right. goes back to Connor Pavoloni. And Connor Pavoloni is already in double A because of his ability as a defensive guy like Pav has a terrific arm and is a terrific catcher defensively. And even he had issues throwing guys out because the pitchers don't, don't give the catchers because of the philosophy, uh, a real chance to, to gun guys down. So um, again, I get it, the thought process, but I, I do think there's situations where, where you do need to worry about those base runners. Um, and, and again, creating that stress on the pitcher, when it's the seventh and eighth inning and a, a good base runner gets on base in a regional do or die game or super regional game three, Omaha's on the line, or heck, even at Omaha with a championship on the line, like that's a lot of pressure for a pitcher to deal with, not only trying to get the batter out, but also the pressure that the base runner is putting on him as well. So I think it's just going to be a thing long term. I know fans don't want to hear that, but uh, Tennessee's also run into some bad luck at the catching position. Uh, they, they did get a transfer uh, following Pav getting drafted, and that transfer just chose not to play baseball anymore in the fall. Uh, so you, you kind of got screwed there, quite frankly, in, in the fall leading into last season into the number one o overall team in the country year. Uh, and that's when Evan made the switch. And, and Evan did absolutely terrific, did as great as he could have given the, the circumstances in uh, Tennessee kind of getting screwed late there. And, and then this past year, after Evan graduates, they go out and get a commitment from the Austin P catcher, Jack Alexander, and he unexpectedly and kind of caught Tennessee off guard by signing an undrafted free agent deal with the Kansas City Royals, and, and they were not at all expecting that. So they, they've gone out and and made plans to fix the catching issue. Ryan Miller was supposed to be the guy that transitioned from Pavilone. But the, the defense hasn't necessarily been there for Ryan Miller, and that hasn't gone according to plan at, at times. Uh, obviously, hit, Ryan though. Miller hasn't played a ton. <laughs> uh, so he, he has a terrific, terrific bat, has a lot of power in the bat, uh, but his glove just isn't what his bat is. Uh, and, again, they thought he was going to be the guy after Pav, and that unfortunately has not worked out the way that anybody thought that it would. Uh, but the hope is, is that they've got a kid coming in from Huntsville, Alabama, kind of my neck of the woods I'll, I'll claim it when i want to in, in, in which i want to they've got a kid coming in stone lawless uh who's a, a really good young guy did have shoulder surgery last summer so i, I don't know where he he's at with that i, I think he's back and, and playing as a senior maybe i need to do better homework and, and check up <laughs> on that but uh, he's a guy with a, a lot of tools a lot of power uh, a lot of great defensive tools behind the plate uh, as well and and he, he's somebody that they may have to to, to be a little bit nervous about with the draft, not like hugely concerned, not, not, not a lot of concern there, um, but something to keep an eye on um, mm -hmm. more so. And, and just the draft is nervous with, with all your top commitments because teams just randomly throw a lot of money at somebody and right. people yeah. jump at go. money as, as we know, but hopefully they, they've got a kid in, in, in waiting uh, with, with Stone Lawless. Cal Stark will be back uh, next year as well. Uh, Jared Dickey, I, I think he's just kind of run into some bad luck this year uh, when he had the, the hand injury in the fall. I think that set him back uh, in terms of making that transition to full-time catcher. And, and they, they like him in left field because 
it limits the wear and tear on his body. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Tony Vitello really likes the energy that Cal Stark brings behind the plate. And, and he has a little pop in his bat uh, as well, has a good rapport w- with the pitcher. So that's why you've kind of seen them move to the Cal Stark behind the dish and Jared Dickey out in left field uh, tandem. And, and then the hope is that Stone Lawless can, can come in, which is an awesome name. Stone Lawless yeah. is an awesome Oh, he was baseball. born to be a catcher. Born to be a catcher. <laughs> born to be a baseball player, born to be a catcher. Yeah. Uh, but they're really, really high on him. I, I don't know how ready he'll be as a freshman. Uh, Josh Elander is terrific at coaching catchers, so I, I wouldn't rule it out. And plus, he won't have to play right away because you do have Cal Stark. Uh, we'll see what happens with Charlie Taylor this offseason. And uh, I, I'm sure – because of how the catcher situation has gone the last two years, I'm sure they'll look to add somebody if they possibly can. I mean, they've always kind of looked to add. They, they brought in uh, Landon Gray a couple of years ago as a, a veteran catcher. They brought in Jackson Greer. They tried to, tried to do the same the last two years with two different guys, and, and they just weren't able to really get them to campus. So they've got a, a stud coming in that's a freshman, and, and I'm sure that they'll try to add somebody from the portal as well. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask about Dylan Dryling too. Is is that's a guy that I'm just I'm not confused about. It's just it's a good problem to have. But how hard would it be for you to not put him in the lineup every day? Extremely hard, extremely hard, and not just Dylan Dryling. Him and Kavar's tears. They they mm-hmm. both deserve to be in the lineup uh, every single day. And and I'm surprised if you would have told me during the fall or, or back during the summer when when the freshman just got here. Um, and through the recruiting process that Reese Chapman w- would have as few at-bats as he's had to this point. Not, not saying that he's being screwed out of at-bats or something. I, I just think that there's a there's a lot of guys out there. That, that That's the issue. Uh, a lot of guys and, and not a ton of at-bats to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm surprised even he hasn't been able to to, to carve out mo- more of a role because that's the the outfielder that you heard about more coming out of high school. Like you heard about Dylan Dryling, uh, but Alex Stanwich, who is not with the program this semester, uh, but he and Reese Chapman, those were the two big time guys coming in uh, with this freshman class. And uh, Reese Chapman's still going to be good. Um, they're, they're still really, really high on him. Uh, he's he's going to have a bright future for Tennessee. I, I expect, I can see him kind of following the Kafar's tears route. Uh, not that, uh, Chapman is redshirting this year, but like Tears did redshirt last year, kind of a year of acclimation, getting used to college baseball, getting used to being at Tennessee. Uh, Chapman's from Colorado. This this is a completely new world uh, for him. But once he gets really comfortable, really taking off because he has an elite skill set, they, they were really worried about him getting drafted and, and signing. And, and Tennessee actually thought that uh, pro scouts and, and pro teams uh, misscouted him. They, they didn't think that they were high enough on Chapman. So uh, all three of those guys, Dryling, Tears, Chapman, uh, and specifically Dryling and Tears because they've played more, they've produced more. But it would be really, really hard for me not to include them in the lineup every single day. But I get it. You you have to have Christian Scott in, in the lineup. Uh, a, mm-hmm. he's great defensively. He's a, a great leader, has become a great leader, uh, and he's really swung the bat really well. He, he yeah. really should have been SEC Player of the Week this this past week, but uh, LSU's Dylan Cruz won yet again. Uh, so <laughs> C. Scott's got to be out in right field. Uh, Hunter Inslee's got to be in center field. Hunter Inslee, I think, is probably the most underrated player on this team. Uh, doesn't have the elite skill set like we were talking about with quarterbacks earlier. Uh, doesn't necessarily do anything that just pops out to you but just is just a really good baseball player. Does everything well. 
gives you good competitive at bats at the top of the lineup. Uh, I don't recall a moment off the top of my head where he's had a defensive mistake all year. Now that I think about it, uh, he, he may not look like Drew Gilbert roaming around out there. But again, I, I don't recall a mistake by him defensively uh, this season. Uh, so just a really steady, good college baseball player. And then, and then, like I just mentioned, they they like Jared Dickey out in left field because it limits the wear and tear on his body, and and they like the energy that Cal Start brings behind the plate. So, although I hate Dryling and Tears not being in the lineup, and, and Dryling has been more of a DH here of late, um, I hate it, but it makes sense. You got to have C. Scott and Inslee in there. I like what they're doing with Dickey and Stark. Uh, and remember how bad the outfield defense was to start the season. Like that's something oh, yeah. that needed to be corrected right away. And and the answers to, to fixing the outfield defense was C. Scott in right field and Hunter Inslee in center. And, and that's where Dryling is lacking because he is a freshman. Not that he's a bad defender, but he is behind those guys defensively. And, yes, Tennessee needed to get the offense going. But before it got the offense going, it needed to to get the outfield yeah. defense corrected as soon as possible. And and since LSU weekend, the outfield defense has has been great. So I hate not having them in the lineup, but it, it certainly makes sense. And, and I like those guys that are out there right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, I have one. Caleb, do you have any more questions? I got one more question. Yeah, I've got one more. And uh, it's about probably the, the biggest story in college baseball this week. Um, you guys had in the press box at Lindsey Nelson, we, we tried Pop-Tarts. Uh, debated, I guess. I, I don't know how it, it it all occurred. So, two part question: One, what's your favorite pop tart? Two, what was there a winner, or did you guys leave hating each other? How did it How did it roll out? Well, it it got started because I showed up to to one of the games. I don't remember what game it was. It, it might have been that Sunday game against Vanderbilt. Uh, and, and my lunch. Um, what was a s'mores pop tart with the uh, coffee? Uh, so I, I think that's kind of what sparked uh, the debate. But that is my favorite pop tart. S'mores pop tart, my favorite. Good pop tart. Uh, yeah, I, I apparently it's not liked as much as I thought it was liked, which is it's fine. If if you don't think it's the best pop tart, that's cool. That's whatever. But to think it's a bad pop tart, that's <laughs> that's just an outrageous take to think that a s'mores pop tart is bad, especially if you put it in the toaster for like oh, 10, yeah. 12 seconds and, and get it nice and warm. Uh, and you get into the middle of that pop tart, like you, tell me that that's not good, and and I like I'm questioning you a, as a person, uh, to be quite honest. But was it the uh, s'mores I, in the foil or like the plastic wrap wrapper though? Like, uh, did you get it like a gas station in the that's plastic? That's a good point. That's a good point. And I made this point. See, I'm a professional pop tart eater, <laughs> so I I have many pop tart opinions. See, I think it's got to be in the foil. I th personally. Foil is much better. Okay, I, yeah. I I made this point to Mike Wilson. Mike Wilson looked at me <laughs> like I was crazy, but I told him the gas station Pop-Tarts are not as good mm -hmm. as the Pop-Tarts you buy in the store because of the foil. That's a great point. I'm glad somebody knows exactly <laughs> what I was speaking about because this is, could not be – I mean, this is the absolute truth. Um, <laughs> I, I will eat a gas station Pop-Tart because Pop-Tarts are Pop-Tarts. I love all Pop-Tarts. Right, I, I don't right. really have a flavor that I dislike. Uh, it's also why I've gained too much weight since I had a kid. Uh, because you just have absolutely no time for yourself uh, anymore and, and you eat whatever you can find. Well, um, you've earned it. You've earned that way. Uh, I, I've certainly earned it. I, I've you become a dad. You, you, get to, you get to gain weight. That's part of it. 
That's right. You, once you get married, don't let my wife hear this, but you get married, you have a kid, and, and you can kind of stick it on cruise control and, oh, yeah. and just go <laughs> from there. Yeah. You, you still need to make some efforts, obviously, but you, you can kind of just roll with it. Like she's locked in. Supposedly, yeah. she's supposed oh, yeah. to be. So um, you wear nice shoes. That's 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 the the caveat there. You, that's right. Well, and I, I you know I've got the, the shaved head. We're we're going uh, buff, balded, and and bearded. That that that's the <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the real big baller brand. Uh, buff, balded, and, <laughs> and, and, and bearded over here. Uh, but yeah, s'mores, pop tarts, my favorite. I love the brown sugar. It is really really good too. I'm that was it. actually the winner. Uh, and, and then I think. Uh, Pop people, was actually, or s'mores was actually the the least favorite. That that was the one that people did not like. Um, but that one is my favorite. And I think the the fruit ones uh, came in like second, third, and fourth. Uh, blueberry, strawberry. Mike Wilson tweeted out the results. Uh, okay, the Oreo one is too much. What's that? The Oreo one. I think it's too much. Well, see, my problem is I have a sweet tooth. So, like, that's why I love any Pop-Tart because I have a sweet tooth. Um, <laughs> I like the cookies and cream, but you certainly have to have – a, a sweet tooth yeah. to like it. Uh, it. It's not my favorite. It, it's not up there towards the top, but I, I do like it. Like if it, if it's there again, I love all pop tarts. I, I don't pop tart shame. Like all pop tarts are <laughs> equal to me for the most part. Uh, so I I will I will eat a cookies and cream pop tart. Yeah. My wife likes the hot fudge. I believe okay. it is or the the chocolate fudge or whatever it's called. The, that's pretty good. A, a little too much fudge and, and a little too much cookies and cream. You, you got to have a real sweet tooth, but <laughs> You got to get into the middle. The breading on some of the pop tarts, I will mm. say that that's my one nitpick. Mm. Is some some pop tarts you break the breading off and eat the middle of it, and that's where the cookies and cream and, and the fudge one comes into play. You get into the middle of it, and it's pretty good then. Yeah, can I so, put you on some uh, s'mores? Uh, not a pop tart, but something different. Can I put you on something? Absolutely, please do. <laughs> yeah, obviously, Dairy, I love Dairy food. Queen Blizzard. The s'mores, bussin. Okay, that that's good. Good to know. I've been on the uh, the New York style cheesecake blizzard okay. here of late, and yeah. it's absolutely delicious. Yeah, try the uh, s'mores so. and let me know what you think. Well, I, again, I have a sweet tooth. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a foodie, <laughs> if, if you can't tell. Uh, so th this is not good for me. I'm trying to I'm trying to cut down on weight. You're not helping me, Landon. I don't appreciate. Well, you're that. doing the the big baller brand. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just well, trying to help well, you out. When I say BGB, buff, baby. I'm not talking about that type of buff. I'm talking about like weight room buff. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, this that, that's a work in progress, obviously. This is yeah. your cheat day. Yeah. You got plenty of time. Yeah, cheat day. <laughs> did did Wildberry not did y'all not get a box of Wildberry? Because that's concerning. Because that's beside behind so. brown sugar cinnamon, which is more readily available. I think Wildberry is the best. Yeah, Mike Wilson was in charge of of picking the, the boxes right. up. So I'll get on um, to him. Which okay. uh I'm glad that he's not here to defend himself, and I will I will <laughs> yeah, throw out quite the accusations. Uh, but he is from the north, and he he likes to comment on Knoxville barbecue, and I just don't think that's fair. Him as a no, northerner, no. me as a southerner, I I think my uh, taste buds when it comes to the barbecue should be trusted more, mm -hmm. uh, and, and he doesn't quite understand that. Uh, so he was in charge of of getting the pop tarts. So all uh, shaming of the pop tarts that. Were, were tried should be directed uh, right. i believe his twitter name is at by mike wilson of the knoxville new sentinel uh so please direct all of the the pop tart hate uh there but no i don't think we tried that one that one is good again a pop tart is a pop tart to me i mean it, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll write an op-ed for the new sentinel i'll write an op-ed telling my wild berries the best that, that's what we'll do <laughs> you need you need to get john email john adams he'll write a column on it we we can get him shaming mike 
uh, <laughs> and shaming Mike's uh, dislike of Knoxville barbecue, which is an absurd take. That, that is bad. That I didn't know that about him. I'm that losing a lot of respect for Mike right now. That's that's very unfortunate. Very Sorry. fair in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so last question. Um, well, it's kind of a two-parter. We host in a regional gut feeling, just say yes or no, and then are the Yankees dead? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I, I, I'll say Tennessee hosts a regional. I, I think they'll sneak in. Seems like they're pretty close. Uh, their RPI is in a really good, really, really good spot. Mm. Uh, and I, I think they win these next two weekends. Uh, and then that series at South Carolina to end the regular season, that'll be a big one uh, as well. well. We'll see if they have any work to do going into Hoover. Um, but unless they fall flat on their face these next two weeks, it, it sounds like they should be in a any pretty good position. So I'm not super confident. I'm kind of middle of the road on, on a one to ten confident scale, maybe like a five or a six in terms of saying that they'll host. But uh, I, I'm trusting the pitching changes. I, I think uh, the, the shakeup going in to Arkansas. I know it didn't result in wins, um, but the the pitching as a whole, it hasn't been bad this year, but it's lived up to its potential these last couple of weeks since those changes. And I think in hindsight, when we reflect on the season at some point, I, I think that's going to be the the point in which Tennessee turned its season around. So I'll, I'll say yes, although I'm not super confident in that prediction. Uh, and are the Yankees dead? Uh, I think literally they are dead because it's a triple-A <laughs> roster at this point yeah. because everybody is hurt literally everybody is dead an arm is dead a yeah. shoulder is dead a leg a groin everything's dead uh, about the yankees so I, I i don't know it's it's like impossible to watch them play because it's literally a triple a lineup except yeah, like Anthony who are Rizzo and, and Blake. <laughs> it, it's not fun to watch everybody's hurt uh so it's kind of hard to have a, a fair assessment of the yankees carlos rodon big free agent signing nowhere to be found and they can't figure out what's wrong with him. Luis Severino's always hurt. It's always one thing after the next. John Carlos Stanton, I love him, but he's always hurt. Aaron Judge is now hurt. It's uh, not a not not very fun to watch play baseball. But uh, now with Major League Baseball allowing practically everybody into the postseason, uh, I guess we can't say that they're dead. Uh, as long as they can get healthy at, at a reasonable point, I'm sure they can sneak into the playoffs. Well, I'm hoping they just get healthy when um, they play the Braves. I'm going to watch them play the Braves in Atlanta, so that would be nice if I could see some players that I know. Yes, that that would be <laughs> ideal. I'm I'm hoping to make the trip. I I absolutely hate the fact uh, that that series is a in the middle of the week. Yeah. And B right in the middle of fall camp, uh, which does me no favors, and and then even. Uh, when they play in Cincinnati here in a couple of weeks, it's the weekend that I'll be in South Carolina with Tennessee baseball. So there you go. <laughs> uh, the EMLB scheduling gods did me absolutely no favors, uh, but hopefully I can make it down to Atlanta. Well, they practice in the morning, so Heibel helps you out as much as he could, I guess. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Maybe I can make a couple of down and, and back trips, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. It, it's fun. The Yankees have the Braves number no matter how good the Yankees and no matter how, how good the Braves are. So uh, that, that'll be fun to get down there and watch a, a nice Yankee sweep of the Braves. Absolutely. Well, man, we appreciate it. Uh, always a good time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for, for hopping on again, and uh, hopefully you get to see the Yankees in their in their best form, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know what the best form looks like. I'm waiting to see that. 
Yeah, well, apparently their best form is getting to the ALS, ALCS and getting swept um, by the uh, by the Astros. That, that's that's apparently uh, their best form. But I appreciate y'all having me on and uh, let me yeah. ramble on here on a Thursday night. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah, y'all have a great weekend. See you, Ben. See you. That was Ben McKee. Great interview. Fun talking baseball with him fun talking sports and obviously some some more in there with the with pop tarts and what the best are respect to him for not calling out the worst that's that's the true mark of a of a pop pop tart connoisseur like he said there's no bad pop tart i think the ones without any kind of icing on it that those are the worst those are the worst but like he said they're not i'll eat them yeah that's true i will never buy them yes yeah good point yeah good point facebook is popping off again not like it was that one night oh, i kind of rip, rip, rip in peace to that guy do we do we block him is that what happened because I, I would i, don't know I wouldn't mind having him back slow you know off season stuff off season's about to hit um you know nothing on here's here in june or mid-june yeah so we'll need him back by mid-june but um yeah shout out to ben love love talking baseball with him it's a guy who uh Good Lord, Joe. A uh, guy, uh, guy who knows this stuff, so it's fun. He is a Yankees fan, which, you know, we don't, you know how we feel about Yankees fans on this podcast. Yeah, we um, love them. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> uh, but we we move on to spite. Um, all right, did, did, uh, did we have any questions for this show? Um, I've got one for our listeners while you look. And, and maybe you will know this. Um, so... This week, I, I usually uh, stay on eBay, like looking for just like typically Vols memorabilia, sometimes other stuff like golf stuff, um, just like cool stuff that, you know, you don't find in regular old stores anymore because uh, they're old or whatever. It's too old. Uh, I ran across, yeah, I ran across a ticket for the 1994 Orange and White game in Chattanooga. And we actually talked about this last year when – the uh, game got moved. Did you buy it? Or no, I should have. You're right. I should have because it was only like I mean it was like ten dollars. Like it would have been a cool buy. Um, but I thought that was cool. I, I so I was one, I couldn't find any information online. Um, through I, I tried Google searching it to see if I could read about it why they did it. I'm gonna assume stadium renovation, similar thing. Took it on the road, but I could not verify. Um, but regardless, I thought that was cool. And and they must have played it on the on campus stadium at UT Chattanooga because. Finley Stadium would not be built for until a few years later. Um, so it would have been played in their on, on-field stadium that was, if I can remember correctly, pretty small. But I think it said they had a crowd of like 10, 14,000, something like that for that game. Hell yeah. um, so a good crowd. Not You know, we talked about taking it to West Tennessee or, or Chattanooga or Johnson City. Like that would be really cool to to do for a spring game. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was cool. And if anybody knows about that, has any information, I mean, it's not that long ago, like, there should be people that remember that. Um, I would like to know. So, question for the viewers, yeah, for the listeners. Uh, DM me. I'm gonna. Sorry, I should be watching the chat just in case somebody in the chat knows about it. Sorry, tell me now if you know because I'm, I'm watching. But anyways, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Obviously, baseball does that for the fall. So, um, so we do have a question. It's uh, what do you think about this rule for baseball? And it says a rule um to be added should be. Baseball at the end of the at the end of the fifth inning, every player should have to eat a full hot dog. <laughs> I don't think that would change the game at all. If we're just being honest, 
I'm sorry. I, this is going to be like the Caleb uh, baseball hate segment, but I mean, it's not like a super active sport. If a dog, it's like a dog during golf. I feel Come like on. pitchers. I feel like that would be tough. Pitchers would be tougher because you're like constantly. You have no time to unless you're. The pitcher should get to do it going into their half inning that they're on the bench. See, I'm thinking we do like the catcher has a hot dog that they have to eat in one of the nine innings. Catcher would be tough too because you're in a squad. Okay, two two positions would be difficult. Pitcher and catcher. I don't think any of the well, others would be. Okay, so I like this rule. I think I think it should be implemented. But I also want to add something to it. A little little cat and mouse game. The <laughs> catcher has has to eat a hot dog in the game, and the batter at bat has to catch him eating the hot dog. If he eats it without the batter catching him, it counts as a run. That's a. I think that's an interesting. What uh, what kind of mask do you wear at that point? It's a regular mask, one that would fit. A I don't. Hot dog. Could you get? I was about to say. I don't know if you could get. You might be able to get Weir in. You couldn't get Bun in though. Bun and Weir. There's no way. I don't know. I just think it would be awesome to like see how fast the catcher could eat the hot dog. Um. So you mean like one bite? He could done. He could do it however play. he wants to, but he has to finish the hot dog before somebody realizes he's eating it. See, I think I I think too. I think you have to give the pitchers their half inning to the bench. Otherwise, that's an away team advantage. If that pitcher has to go between the fourth and the fifth inning, that home team pitcher has to eat his hot dog as soon as the fourth inning ends, and then goes out there and pitches. I I think that that's a away team advantage. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Batters have to do it in the batter's box. Equal. Well, you out. also like don't know what kind of dog you're getting either. If you're away. Oh, it's up in the air. What do you mean, like? Like it could be like one that's been on that roller for a while. It could be. Oh, okay. Um, you're not talking. You're you're not talking the best of the best. Could be home microwave. team gets the best. Away team gets whatever they. Yeah. Whatever the the home team concession stands feels like putting out. Okay. So home back oh, advantage home team. Again. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. The fifth the fifth inning might be. Not, might be too late. Good though. in the fifth inning, like you don't you don't get. Take me out to the ball game. It's not the seventh inning stretch. The fifth inning is just like a random inning. It's a whatever inning. So let's add a hot dog. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that. I or I, I we take, you do maybe, have to maybe have we something. don't miss mess with the field of play and like everybody gets a half price hot dog in the fifth inning, but they have to go in the fifth inning. No, I think that that's definitely good for. I, I need to see the players take on another challenge. I, I think that's. You think yeah, baseball's think, too easy? That's what you're saying. No, I just think make it uh, – yeah, imagine a good screen grab of Joe, Kirby Joe, you Canel. can get in here too. I, I'm interested in what you think on um, – Joe's like, just give me like four hot dogs in an inning. Also, no. shout out to Kevin Vallone for the absolutely electric hot dog review. Who was his buddy with him? What was his name again? His buddy. Yeah. Kevin Vallone and his and buddy. His buddy yeah. <laughs> shout out, electric hot dog review from Lindsey Nelson on Tuesday night. Um, love to see it. Send us your hot dog reviews from this week. Oh, not this. Oh, yeah. Send them for this weekend, wherever you're watching the game from. Yeah. But especially when you're in Lindsey Nelson the following week, send them to yep. us. I I think he he had an eight point five. Joe, what did you have? Eight point one. Eight point one with a better bun, I think. Or maybe no, maybe it was like eight five or eight six with a better bun and then eight one just for the. What did you give it, Caleb? The Glizzy. Uh, I was high up on it as my first stadium dog since like November. Uh, I think it was like a nine three nine five. It was, dude. Mine was delicious. Do you know that? Like, you know that first beer you have when you get into a stadium. It was that level of good. First, first beer when you get on a golf course. 
first beer when you when you go out to like the, when you're when you're at the pool or the beach, it always hits different. You, have you seen that Burt Kreischer video? I think he's on a Sunday conversation with Caleb Presley, and he talks about the first drink yeah. and how awesome it is. Oh yeah, and he, and Glenn, he's like, dude, you just got me so hyped. That's how I feel. But yeah, that's that first stadium dog that you have after months. He's like I will never first stop stadium. <laughs> yeah, the first stadium dog, and uh, I'll never stop eating hot dogs. <laughs> The first hot dog, like in in you know a normal like October game in Neyland, is delicious, but it's not the same as that first one in September for the year. That one's different animal. Dude, I had one the other day. I didn't review it because I was by myself. It's weird. Um, now you got to review it. Dude. But I put like queso on it. Damn, that's 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 a uh, that's a little weird. I'm gonna be honest. No, it's great. I'm not a cheese. You're not a cheese, not a cheese on, on hot dog. You like mustard nah, just on chili. hot dog. Ugh. It's ketchup that's the problem. Uh, what are you now? You're throwing mustard in? What I cannot win with you people. God Wait. forbid you put ketchup or mustard on a hot dog, but queso is all of a sudden. <laughs> well, I don't Joe, understand what's wrong Joe with wasn't being a, a ketchup. You didn't American. like ketchup, right? I used to be ketchup on hot dog, and then I thought I outgrew it because I thought that was like something for people under the age of like 15. And then like I because ketchup just seems like an immature like dressing for me or condiment, but I've kind of come around to it. So, I mean, I, I I couldn't do just ketchup, though. It seems a little weird. I have to do a little bit of the mix. But, Caleb, I'll give you props. It was pretty good. Thank you. Was, I mean, hot dog, there's only so much you can put on it. And then chili is not available everywhere. That's troubling. Um, I think that's, you know, like golf courses that don't have chili at Iguani. I love Iguani to death. We'll be there here in a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, it's a great Actually, golf course. But the fact that they don't have chili is it concerns me for them. And, and, and I, I don't know how that business is going to do over the Are you talking about chili on a hot dog or just chili separate? But well, I mean, I like both, but it's just not a chili dog. It's not a golf course thing. Chili dog, I promise. Let me ask you. I, I mean, Landon, obviously, you're not as much of an avid golfer, but what's better, the the hot dog at? Hey, I can eat some hot dogs now. Oh no, that's fair. But so <laughs> I guess what's better, the first, like, whatever is the best hot dog experience at Lindsey Nelson, like first of the season, or maybe like just a great Friday night game. What's better, that or the hot dog at the turn after your first nine that you like? You're just that hot dog gets you going at the turn. So there's a couple different levels of turn dog. It's a great question. Um, the turn dog when you're when you're struggling, yeah, when you're having a bad day, we'll pick me up dog. That turn dog is mm. that that that's one of the best hot dogs on planet Earth. Damn straight. It's it's, it's a close second to a first stadium dog, mm. but like I mean, narrow close. It's better than a, a a normal Lindsay Nelson dog. Better than a normal Neyland Stadium dog. And I'll tell you who has the. Uh, let's see, one of the best. I won't say the best. One of the best dogs. Chili dogs as well. Uh, Patriot Hills, great chili dog. I'm playing there tomorrow, so uh, I, I might have to. There you go. Uh, I'm not a big chili dog guy, but you just kind of no no offense, but you just kind of if it's a if it's a lady. Well, I think she's a teacher. There's a lady back there. I mean, I assume they make them the same every day, but I swear, man, I don't know if it's a little bit of love she puts when she prepares it. She just does something different. It's incredible. Is the hot dog good overall? Because if I'm not feeling chili, yes. Okay. I haven't played there. It's been a while. Uh, when I graded it, one of my best. It had, it's probably been five or six years ago. So don't like hold this to me. It's been a while. Probably a year since I've had one overall. Um, but yeah, it's it's solid. Yeah, no, I'll hold it to you. If it's bad, I'm gonna have you reimburse my round of golf. So <laughs> that, 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 I'll, I'll pay for the. I'll pay for your hot dog at Iguani next week too because Iguani's <laughs> hot dog phenomenal. Pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's it's delicious. I'm. I gotta. I don't. I might have a hot dog too, but I'm also gonna go with the the new combo that they got. What it, What is it y'all were talking about last week? I can't remember though. I think it's burger and fries. Oh wow! Yeah, for, yeah. They've got a. They've got a full grill. Had a guani. Yeah, that's good hmm. stuff. 
See, they wrap uh, their stuff in aluminum foil too, and it stays it stays warm and it, mm-hmm. dude, that's, it stays in there. That's that's ballpark that's key. right there. Yeah, that's yep. one oh that's ba- that's hot dog one oh one. Yeah. Um also the, the let me put you on to a little nice uh golf treat. This is the the best food on the golf course besides a turn dog. And, and that's the thing is a lot of people want to get, you know, two dogs, one for the road, one for the turn. Mm. No, 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 no. Cause it's not gonna hold up. No matter how good it is, it's not gonna be the best. Go to ideally night before. But, you know, if you, if you can run to the store before, get you a six-pack of um, Uncrustables. Yes, let's go. That's the literally. And, and the pro move is get get both flavors, strawberry and grape. And yeah. you've got the choice of either one. That's the pro move. But, yeah, I uh, I don't know if I was the one that actually did it, but the Golf Reddit page, I posted about it one time, and then it started, like, flying off. Like, everyone was like, oh, my God, whoever suggested this, thank you so much. So I, I like to think I, I've, I've changed a generation. Dude, I would yeah. smash some strawberry uncrustables. Dude, I'll bring if some you next freeze week. them, if you freeze them the night before the round and like get them really in like a good freezer and really get them like yeah. good by the time you indulge on that thing after the turn, it's like if I I keep it in the cooler, if of course it has a cooler, if not, different story, but it's just about the best thing you can have on a golf All course. Right. And look, and I'm, hey, a big, I'm a big turn on guy. Bring bring a little cooler for you, personal cooler. You want to keep them cold because you want that you want that jelly to be like almost yeah. frozen yes yeah but like little, so you can yeah. have one like second third hole and it still be delicious mm-hmm. don't put them in the cooler till you get to the course take them out just throw them in your car drive to the course then you know put them in the cooler by that point they'll be thawed out enough second yep. third hole delicious oh they're so good dude Especially speaking of food I, I had uh wings tonight for dinner my wife made wings and she was sitting on the couch and i just like after i got done i leaned over to her and i was just like Thank God you didn't watch me eat those because you probably would have divorced me because it was disgusting what <laughs> I did to those chicken wings. Bone and all, baby. Oh, man. Incredible. What flavor? Uh, buffalo, yeah. Okay, simple. I like it. It's one of the only ways to go. Yep. I'm not a big uh, – I just like my wings. I just want buffalo. Dude, I'll take really hot, but I just want like – I had teriyaki want- wings when I was younger, and now I just like – I can't stop. I love them. Craven wings teriyaki, I'm telling you, is one of the best sauces on wings, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes them out. There's so many good sauces at Craven wings, but like even I'm like so it, uh, no free wings. ads, no yeah. no free. Yeah, actually, Craven wings hit me up. I'm a, I'll be an ambassador. In fact, I need to eat there. Um, I haven't eaten there in a while, but uh, and then I mean Zaxby's I always get. Honestly, I don't think Zax, Zaxby's sauce is very good, and teriyaki's kind of just their best by default. And I love Zaxby's. This this comes from a place of love. Zaxby's fix it. See, I, I love some wimpy sauce. I think that's good. I will never order. You will never catch me saying, can I get a wimpy sauce? Yeah, no, not me. God, whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right, we got any more questions? No, that was it. I want to learn more about this 94 orange and white game, though, so please, someone tell me. I'm dying to know. Um, Any stupidities? Yeah, I've got two. Yeah. Okay. We got two. Uh, this is officially it is ten oh one. More important issues after dark. I can do this. Utah banned Pornhub from I guess their computers. I, I don't know exactly how that works. I guess location yeah, I based. They banned Pornhub. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, people are just getting VPNs. But yeah, they banned Pornhub, which I mean, good for them. You know, like if you stand for if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. So I mean, shout out to the Mormons. But yeah, I mean, the VPN business is just flying off the shelves there in utah maybe they needed to maybe that's I why just, they did it maybe maybe like product work production's going down since like 2020 you know work from home people just aggressively watching porn i don't know it's 
they have had like an epidemic of porn. Yeah, I, it's really interesting because I'm I'm thinking I'm just like Pornhub. I, I don't know the details. Maybe they banned all porn sites, but if it was Pornhub specifically, <laughs> do they not know there's other websites? No, I didn't, Gail. Explain to me how many there are. There is. I, I, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. You want to go back to Vegas? You call me out like this? We can. <laughs> if you'll let me share that publicly, I will gladly do it. No. All right. Please don't. Joe, I'm going to tell you after, and I'll let you decide. This isn't, we'll save that debate for the next true after dark episode. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, they have actually the most Pornhub usage per capita. So that makes sense. I feel like maybe they got a little out of control. Don't they have like six Is wives that each? What do they need? Yeah, I'm doing some research on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't need to be talked about. <laughs> it, it sounded like you had it up before Gailu even read it off. <laughs> no, I just, you know. That's better than just weird Googling. Place. How often do you go home? to Utah, Joe? <laughs> Been there a couple times. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. All right. I have a... Uh... One, it's um the T Shout out. They um Innsworth baseball season is now over because mm. they had to forfeit a game because a kid threw a no hitter with sixteen Ks, but he went one pitch over his pitch count and they had to forfeit. So I'm assuming in the game he went over see that's dumb. Yeah. See, I'm all for the... I feel like they should stop the game and be like, yo, yo, yo. Yeah. You're at 120. They Definitely. If that's the rule, yes, they should. But I also think I'm in the camp of the pitch count should only apply, and you'll know more about this. You, you've played baseball, and maybe I'm, I'm entirely off when I say this. The pitch count should only apply to, like, the next game. So, like, if you are over the pitch count, the next game you don't get to play in. But in the middle of the game, why would you pull? why would you pull the kid? Or you can't, or you can't enter the game so you know within twenty pitches of the pitch count or something. Aren't you supposed to get pulled out? I mean, I guess technically that would just be a coach thing, but like you should get pulled at one twenty. There shouldn't be like a like yeah. the opposing coach shouldn't be in the bullpen like watch. I mean, in the dugout watching and being like, oh, that's one twenty one. Get this, you know, thirteen year old. Well, they out have here. that clicker. Like they should know. That, I mean, they, that's they part should of, like, know. They should know. Yeah, doing that. But also, like if they just miscounted and somebody else is keeping count, then. That's why I don't think it should apply in game. Yeah. It should only like last year in I think in the state tournament, or maybe like leading up to the state tournament, Powell got in trouble for pitching a kid who was not supposed to because of pitch count. There was questions though about last game. I guess they didn't get in trouble. They got there was like an investigation, quote unquote. I mean TLS really doesn't do anything, so not a real investigation. But the other team originally signed off. They agreed on the amount of pitches. Later they said no, he pitched this amount and he shouldn't have been eligible for the next game. Or whatever it, you know, what, however it worked out, and, and so he he did get to, um, he did get to pitch. But yeah, it's just so I I just don't think it should affect you. So the the number is one hundred and twenty within how many days? I think that's a game. Is he, he threw one hundred and twenty pitches in a game. I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, he oh, threw then, it. well, okay, no, then my stance is a little bit different. Well, well, yeah, that's also what I, I mean. I would have, but. Wait, you asked, You said he had a no no hitter with sixteen strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he gets up to one twenty in a. Are these are these nine inning games? I think there's seven. 
There's no way he got yeah, the one no point in a seven inning game throwing six. It has a certain amount of days. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I what think that it's. Really I think it's within days. Yeah. Also, I think it's like, when did this pitch count thing become a thing? Because when I was in high school, it was just like it was, a tri- it was implemented by travel ball essentially. All these oh, kids right. like you know going and playing weekends and mm. yeah, like it, it was. It resulted from the travel ball era, which I know was big when we were younger, but it wasn't what it is now. It was getting that way. Yeah. So. No, I I don't know if if he if it's 120 a game and he threw 120, I retract everything I just said. But if it's over it's two still, or three days, it's still stupid to fourth like end a season for a team because he went one over. Yeah, like, especially you, you can pitch 120, but don't you dare pitch 121. Yeah, I, I I don't know how to best handle that, but I don't disagree that it's dumb. But I don't again, I don't know how to how to better like I don't I don't know how I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. Do you sit him? Do you make him sit an extra day instead of making the team forfeit? Because it's a, like you said, it's the coach's fault. Yeah, I'm sure that other team was just like, we can't wait to get this game over. With. Why he's would you want to stop it and put another kid in for one pitch? He's at one eight. No, he's at one eighteen, and that coach in the dugout's like, oh, they're they're not even warming a guy up yet. Like we're gonna win this ball game. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was like, don't you dare swing. <laughs> Battle at the plate. Everyone, yeah. you go earn seven pitches minimum. Get out there. Take one ball, please. <laughs> uh, I got a stupidity, and it definitely is a stupidity, but not for us. All right. It's definitely a major <laughs> W for the program. Jackson Mahomes got arrested. All right. <laughs> Get your suits on. It's the downfall of Jackson Mahomes. Enemy number Tinko one. Tomorrow's tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it just – it couldn't have come at a, at, a, at a more perfect time. Summer's he ramping up. in Utah. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> so, I mean, on a serious note, whatever. But, um, yeah. <laughs> what did he do? It was a $100,000 bond. What in the world did he do? He had he that – He was groping. Yeah, he, like, forcefully made out. But I – well – yeah, we is that a hundred? Yeah. I mean, domestic violence people get out like the next day, a hundred dollars. Well, and you know, he's like a fruity TikTok kind of guy. I feel like that was the vibe he was going for yeah, there. It's probably but... his first offense. No, no, <laughs> sure not. Good for the girl for getting her money up, though. I like that. Uh, or I guess I don't know. I guess maybe she doesn't. She should just shoot him. That'd have been the cool. Oh, move, she will. But... Should have sued his brother. Yeah, dude, I, poor I'm, Patrick. I'm sure that's between him out. Between his wife and his brother, I mean. Someone told him to shut up. Someone told him to shut up this year. He did for sure. Yeah, he just had 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 his hands to himself. (laughs) Did uh, I saw? uh, Funny is not the right word. It's just some of these reporters are. I'm like, what are you doing? As he's getting like brought out of the the jail, one of the reporters is like, "Do you have something to say to the victims?" (laughs) Yeah. First of all, there's one victim. (laughs) Do they want to hear? Do they want it? No, I think there's like two, three. Oh, really? I think he like yeah. I think at that same restaurant too. Um, from what I've oh, read, man was but grabbing I, everything. Yeah, um, I don't know if he did the same thing to all the victims. I don't know what all the charges are, but I think there were multiple women. Um, I'm just like the victims probably don't want to hear from him. Number one, also, I this guy's brother's very wealthy. They hired a good lawyer. He told him not to talk. What are you doing? Do you think yeah. he's going to say something to you? Is he? Did you hear the face? other reporter? He was like. If you were actually black, you'd have been arrested earlier. So I'm like, oh, yeah. who says that? That came out of left field. It's like subtly what? throwing a personal insult slash like, I don't know what that was. Yeah. I did I hear know. that. That was very, yeah, the guy put just... him in the car was just like. <laughs> I'm, why would a reporter Stop. yell that to you? Some help. 
Good night. That's all right. Wait, one more. Brad Bohannon. Brad, right? Said it so many times, it doesn't sound right. Yeah. Coach Bo from Alabama. I mean, yeah. that news comes out. Also, dude was sweating that bet. I mean, his team, his team did not throw that game. I don't know how he coached, but his team did not throw that game. He was sweating that bet uh, larger than normal. I also don't know what that means. People, some people said the largest you can place on college baseball in Vegas is $1,000. So, also, if you were getting you know, less than $1,000 wins for your job, what are you doing? I don't know how much he's paid. I'm going to assume decent yeah. for a college baseball coach. Hmm. Um, he's going to make more than $1,000. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be probably because it said they used his phone records. I just don't know if they could have like subpoenaed those fast enough. So probably well, apparently this isn't his own. first offense. But also, like now that he's done that, now you have to go back and his first offense gambling, like that doing that. Yeah, and he was coaching college baseball. No, no, no like this, like oh, I they just they, caught him again. Like they yeah. caught him. They found out it was more than once. Okay, yeah. I see. What you're saying. So mm. now you have to go back and like watch, like go back to every game through his phone records and and try to link it to wagers to see if Vols probably won the money last year. Good for him. I mean, I'm sure Zane Denton is thinking he made the he already thought he made the right decision, but he's definitely thinking it now. So I think call I think any athlete should be able to allow should be allowed to place money line bets on their team and their like that should be they should be allowed to gamble and that's the only way. You can walk in to a sports book and say, like I'll play for Tennessee. Tennessee Vols are going to beat Alabama today. I think that should be the only way you can bet. I don't understand why they can't bet on like, like the NBA. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I so I I, I kind of get it because, but I also think it's funny that they're just owning up to that gambling is super addicting. They're like, yeah, if you start doing this, you'll get it. It's probably going to lead to that. Yeah, it's a, it's a gateway, uh, the, I did that. gateway drug. Betting on the Yeah, I mean, for like first, it starts with women's tennis in in yeah. Bulgaria, mm-hmm. and soon enough, they're trying to hedge their winnings or hedge their losses with. Um, you know, games of their own. So yeah. I kind of get it. I, I I think it's, I think some of the rules are dumb. Like I think it was Virginia tech a couple of years ago, had some baseball players get in trouble for accepting money after winning a fantasy football league. Like that's, that's dumb. That's dumb. That's not gambling. Also feeling that guy because the, the odds are like minus two forty five. I mean, yeah. how much do you really win? <laughs> if you can only do a thousand dollars, I don't, I'm not great they, at math. They said like, it was a hefty bet though. That's what I don't understand. Is a thousand dollars hefty? To a sports book? Like, yeah, should that raise red flags? No, no, I don't think so either. I won a lot of money on Tennessee baseball last year. But also, like, you're cutting your winnings and... Yeah. And you're splitting half. them, clearly. You're, you have a guy there, and you're on the phone with him while he's at the the stall, placing the mm-hmm. bet. What? A, I mean, this could, this could not be dumber. I mean, I, there's so many people... I've wanted to name the Stupidity Award after. I think it's officially the, the Brad Bohan and the Stupidity stupidity award i mean this is the this is truly the dumbest dumbest i got caught i've ever heard well and it had to be like i mean it was like immediate <laughs> they fired him like <laughs> yeah. they didn't even have to really investigate it now, I, maybe he's just not a good he they got him they got him in the room and he was like all right i did it yeah <laughs> he's a snitch he sold everybody out but man uh jermaine burton to uh the nate oats handling of the Shooting with what was that guy's name? Uh, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, Brandon Miller didn't do Brandon the shooting, Miller, but he was yeah. involved, yeah. right? 
Um, then, and now then, this, man. Oh, then, no, you skipped. Um, you had another player before he was officially on the team, but he was a commit and he was in Tuscaloosa. Get arrested with a gun. Mitchell. Yeah. Um, no, that was a football player. He was on campus. He was an early enrollee. Tony uh, Mitchell. Yes. There was a basketball player that oh, was committed. Exactly. Transfer. I don't know his name. And he got arrested in Tuscaloosa with a weapon. Nice. Um, and then you had their deputy deputy athletic director he was something under the ad get arrested for domestic violence nice so i mean they're just rolling in it they're killing it yeah it's, and their pr is just atrocious I, I told you today i think it was today maybe yesterday uh that they are i mean tennessee 2009 to 2021 levels of bad pr it's incredible well didn't the ad said among amongst other things and like then he said, was, pending, pending review. I'm like, you already fired the guy. You got reasons. Air it out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get all the juice. And I want to go on the record because I I, I consider myself um, to, to be of um, good character and morals. Nick Saban is not uh, a, a, an innocent party in all this. And I think the only answer is, I don't know the name of it, but there's a maximum security prison in Colorado. I know the Unabomber was there at one point. I think Ted Bundy might've been there. I think that is the only suitable place for someone like him. And he should be sent there immediately. No questions asked. The jury of your peers, bye Nick Saban. You're going there. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, good. Glad we're all on the same page. Also, if jury, let's let's move the venue if it is a jury of peers, Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm. Yes. Yep. Let's let's try them here. Joe, you got another one? No. Uh, I got I got two more, and I can go through them real quick. So, my first one or my next one is going to be the Cowboys. Um, did you watch the Jalen Hyatt video that came out, like the NFL Films did? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys, what are you doing? They're like, you know your skill set. He's like, what is it? He's like, oh, you know, speed. I mean, like, and and then you let the Giants take him after that workout. Like, you're, you're. I hope he makes some. Uh, yeah, like the also the I don't name know of the to, NFL, the Cowboys, and I don't know how to take it. I don't know if he had it. Like, did he? I don't know who that guy was. Did he have any kind of relationship with him other than scouting? I don't think so. No. Because like people were like, I mean, that's just what coaches say, and I was like, yeah, to players they know, not to yeah. someone they're trying to get on their team, right? Or may want on their team. It was very weird. I was like, yeah, if if, if there's a video of Kelsey Pope saying that to him, that I pro, because like I don't have really a huge problem with it. I mean, I think it was weird and unprofessional, but I got it's not a big deal. But if it's all because like, if it's your coach saying that to you, they're probably just, you know, just like giving you a hard time about it. It's yeah. not. I mean, the, it's just very weird for us. I mean, he to basically that. said he's a one-trick pony, and like he was, he got the Blitnikoff, <laughs> and it wasn't like the only thing he caught was deep balls, and like again, it's kind of used against him that he was open, but like post I mean, post the picture, like? post the picture of the the Alabama touchdown, and and put uh, the Cowboys under the, I can't remember which Alabama players land on the ground. Oh, is that? And then it's it's obviously Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think every, I mean, I think that guy did us a service because Jalen Hyatt on the Cowboys would suck. Yeah, um, nobody would, especially have lost for you. Him. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. just set him up for failure, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know how much better the Giants is, but at least you know Danny Dimes is who knows more likable than Jerry Jones. Certainly, maybe uh, Jalen Hyatt he's, can he's turn a better Jones Danny Dimes career around. Yeah, okay. I like that. 
Um, I also have one more, and it's a uh, dude. I saw this girl during the Al- the Vanderbilt series, and I should have just like. I shouldn't have said anything. I don't know what I would have said anyway. But she's the one that <laughs> she covers Vanderbilt and said um, it was the NFL rookie watch said several NFL scouts reportedly believe Anthony Richard paved the way for Joe Milton to potentially be a high selection in next year's NFL draft. She says some of y'all were not contractually obligated to watch every snap of Michigan's 2020 season and it shows. I think she was trying to be funny, but like 2020 is an asterisk, okay, for everything. <laughs> I mean, I would have um, rather had uh, freaking Joe Milton in 2020 than JG in 2020. Yeah, someone posted on Reddit today. And maybe this is a good question to ask. I mean, we'll do it on Sunday, remind me. Um, but essentially, like, who is your uh, – I, I can't remember. It was like your underrated player that, like, only diehard fans will remember. And someone posted Jared Garantano. And I was like, I just – I'm sorry. It's more important issues after dark kids turn this off. I'll, I just replied, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, you ruined my day. And and someone was like, I don't know why people hate him. And I was like, I have no feelings towards the guy personally, but as a football player and as a Tennessee football player, he ruined many a Saturdays. And because I care way too much and I don't want to, he ruined many just days and weeks of my life. And I know it wasn't all his fault, but he was a crucial part of it. Yeah. Hope, hope the best for him as a person, but please never put on orange again. I love your reply. That is a great, it, it's pretty frank, straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I said, I'm sorry. I, I blacked out in anger when I saw his name, but like, yeah, you had to hear it. You said it, you had to hear it. Speak. And I was allowed to mention that story because Landon already mentioned it today. So I'm good. I'm in the clear. I didn't do it. Yeah. Also, like, he looked great against Vanderbilt. And we went 50 to nothing or something like that. I don't remember. I, I really just don't remember those days. Oh, Joe Milton? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I guess she she probably didn't go to that game. Why would you go to any football games at Vanderbilt? You don't need to cover it. They lost. Update. Also, 2020, like. Actually, they did beat Anthony Richardson, by the way. Good for them. It, it was one of the best field stormings I've probably ever seen <laughs> in my life. We should have to watch that instead of the Michigan 2020 <laughs> season. Also, like, have some sympathy. Like, it's 2020, okay? Yes. Yeah, people everybody. are still <laughs> yeah, people are still working through that. COVID's still a thing, guys. Um, yeah, I will, mask up. I will it is. Back people really are quick. still testing for it. Why? <laughs> um, I'll piggyback yeah, off Caleb really quick about. with that stupidity is an epidemic. Uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your career or your program is now plagued because Jeremy Banks is on your program. And <laughs> I mean, that's the downfall of the Bucks. If it wasn't, everyone's going to say it was Tom Brady retiring. No, it was you signing uh, Jeremy Banks. So watch how this plays out. We'll clip it. We'll come back to it in three or four years. That's just the hard, that's the hard truth. <laughs> I like it. We're going to keep this one under two hours, guys. Uh, I think that's a great place to sign off. We appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate Ben McKee hopping on. Yeah, guys, have a good weekend, and um, go Vols. Georgia sucks. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.